From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. And I will tell you that what a pleasure with all that has been going on. What a pleasure it has been to not have to sweat out the weather. In 15 years, it's never rained on our charity golf tournament. I, I don't even know how that is possible. It's, it's got to be blessed. And I look at the weather. For as far as the eye can see, basically, it's going to be in the 80s, sometimes the upper 80s. Uh, and, and it should be. It's towards the end of June. But tomorrow, the high will be 76. Now, let me just check hourly. I'm I'm predicting that we're going to be somewhere probably around 70 degrees I mean, near room temperature when this takes off tomorrow at 9 o'clock shotgun start. Give me one second. Let me just go to the hourly. My app is just getting a little bit temperamental. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be in the in the range of like upper 60s. So that's amazing. By the time you're an hour into your round or so, it's going to be 70 and by the time our golfers are done, it's going to be 71 degrees. I mean, and basically no wind to speak of. Only about a 4% chance that it could rain. There's just no rain in the forecast. What a break. All right, let me open on what I think is a very important local item. And this is for if you go... Go to my print coverage on this for all of the finite details on the app, WPG Talk Radio app or WPGTalkRadio.com. But Atlanta County government is providing vouchers. This is an annual program. The federal government has some involvement in this, but it's handled at the county level and there are income qualifications. You, You need to be 60 years or older and... Whether you're a single or a married couple, the income limits are different based on whether you're one person or whether you're a married couple. So look at those numbers. But this is a program that for low-income residents to be able to purchase Locally farm-grown fruits, vegetables, herbs. It's a really good program. And believe me, you're not going to get rich by this program, but it helps. So all of the details, and because of COVID-19, they did it this way last year. They're doing it again this year. You'll handle it all in the mail. You won't have to go anywhere. We have the phone number. You'll just call the phone number. I'll give it to you now, but it's at your fingertips right in our coverage. And I selected a beautiful, colorful photo of avocados and apples and uh, 
peppers and fruits and all kinds of things. It's very colorful. Carrots. So it's green. It's red. It's orange. It's purple. It's reddish. It's very, very nice. Nice picture. Melons are in there, I see. And it's it's really cool. So when you see that photo, you know that's the piece. And it's titled Atlantic County, New Jersey, providing vouchers for low-income residents. But the phone number to call, and this is the Atlanta County Information Assistance Hotline, 888-426-9243. So what I've done, I have plastered this all over social media in Egg Harbor Township, in Summers Point, in Galloway Township, and all over many, many different cities in Atlanta County, asking you that if you know someone that needs help, make sure you help spread the word about this program. So if at any time you need this information, I will always have it at my fingertips and again on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 digital platform. It's also at your fingertips. All right, so I've given a lot of thought to this because I don't want to be against something because of who's proposing it. I don't work that way. If a good idea, I mean, if an idea is good, I, I just believe in not behaving like the other side. They they like what they like, but then when the other side proposes it, they don't like it anymore. I, I, I don't have time for that. I think that's, you know, you don't get to addition through subtraction. It's just stupid. So I heard the president. He's very tough to listen to. Really bad. It's getting worse, actually. So he talked about the potential to save 18 cents per gallon. So I could easily default to Barack Obama, who called it a gimmick and said, hey, you're going to get a half a tank of gas. And I didn't go there, though. I thought, all right, well, let me try to support it. Does it make sense? What's the downside? Well, the downside is billions of dollars, but yet no one person really benefits in a meaningful way that you'll even feel it. So you filled your gas tank up and you saved like $3 or something. So I filled up yesterday and it was almost a hundy, just under, it was $97. So if it's 94, did my life just change? I mean, I'll take it, but I'm against this. I I don't see the states following through. So the state sales tax on each gallon of gasoline is going to stay. And I just don't see it. And I'm tired of listening to these liars talk about that the the industry is price gouging. They're not price gouging. This administration very dramatically helped from day one to set the tone that they were adverse to fossil fuels, to the energy industry. And I'm tired of listening to, to uh, I was going to call him Barack Obama for some reason, Joe Biden and Jennifer Granholm. I'm tired of listening to them lie. This, this 
always having someone to blame game. Maybe it's my upbringing. My father never let me get away with that kind of stuff. You took responsibility for what you did. You didn't blame someone else. Every job I ever had, whether it was delivering groceries for Delaware Meat Market, and there were some terrible experiences. That bike was so big. I was so small. It was very, very hard work. And there would be times I would drive all the way from Ventnor to Longport. And one thing would be missing out of the bag. And guess what I had to do? I had to go all the way back, get the one thing, go all the way back to Longport, and then all the way back to Ventnor. And it was terrible. Did I get into the game? I didn't pack the bag. I just put the bags in the in the basket. Somebody else packed the bag. I didn't get into any of that. Yes, ma'am, I'll be right back. And you'd be surprised. It's It's just human nature. Sometimes the harder you work, the worse tip you get. And I, I remember this. I remember going to Longport and getting absolutely stiffed. No tip, nothing. So you're just driving back and you think, oh, man, this is, you know, this wasn't, wasn't what I was expecting. You figure they're, they're, it's, you know, they're, they're thinking, hey, look, you're a young guy and you came all the way from Ventnor and you brought them their stuff. Remember, delivering groceries to people's home didn't start with the pandemic. I did that almost 50 years ago. That's been around. My mother had our food delivered by Delaware um, in Atlantic City. I think that was the name of it, right? Delaware. It was just the same type of name as the one I'm just talking about, but uh, in Atlantic City. So, no, there's nothing new about that. And then there's times you go from, uh, what was that, it, like Newport Avenue or thereabouts in the center of Newport and in between two blocks, and then you might go five blocks, 10 blocks, and get a $5 tip. It's like, what? This is amazing. So what do they say? It all sort of comes out in the wash. It, it Income averages out. The bums that stiff you, and, and keep in mind, I don't know about 50 years ago, but if you think about a home in Longport today, if you have a home in Longport today, I mean, you, you have low taxes, tremendous value in your home, and you should tip. I don't know what it is. It's just human nature. But people do generally don't tip the gas station attendant, and I think you should. I tip a dollar every time. Yesterday, I tipped two. I don't know why, but I did. Uh I guess if I was doing cash, I would have just given him a hundred and keep the three, but I did it by credit. So I tipped him two dollars. It's not their fault. The price of gas sucks. So I'm not in favor of this 18 cents holiday because it's going to cost billions of dollars. Nobody is going to actually feel anything at all. And even Nancy Pelosi is not behind it. Biden doesn't have the support of his own party for this gas tax holiday. Much more. Stay with us. Uh, Oh, we have such a fun program. 
Kirk Conover on a special day because he's a special guy. We have John Zarek at eight. Probably the only reason I know it's Thursday. I don't even ask me. I don't even know what day it is with what I've been going through. And in the nine o'clock hour, I have been looking forward to this for the longest time. Now, do you ever mean to do something? You just never set it up. You never set it up. You never set it up. I've gotten to know the former Major League Baseball great, Denny Nagel, over the last couple of years. We met on social media and we've become friends. And I've been meaning to ask him again and again and again that I'd love to do an hour with you. Well, today's the day. I sent him a message. This was set up. It didn't take five minutes to set this up about a week or so ago. Can't wait. And there's a little twist to this that this was all set up long before this item that I'm going to tell you about. But there's a law in Maryland that is because of Denny's nephew, his sister's son. It's a very sad story, but they're, they've turned it around and they're doing great work. And we're briefly going to talk about that in the very beginning. Then we're going to pivot to Major League Baseball. The incredible start of the New York Yankees, 51 and 18. One of the great starts in all of Major League Baseball recorded history. I think it's the fourth or so, fifth best start ever. And one or two of the other teams are Yankees, by the way, including that 1998 team that I think went on to win. They had a losing streak late in the season. Or it would even even have been more magical, but I think they won either 114 games in the regular season, something like that. Uh, anyhow, we'll talk baseball, and believe it or not, yeah, we're going to talk some politics as well. And uh, all I can tell you is the last thing that Denny Nagel said to me yesterday, we talked for a little bit, is I want to talk some politics, and I'm not going to hold back. So you know, you know I didn't have any complaint there. All right, let's step aside uh, our Fox News commentary. I think it's Tommy Laren, and uh, then I'll be right back with you. It's early in the morning. Fox News commentary. The number of Americans who believe in God is at the lowest point in 78 years. Maybe that's partly to blame for all the violence, division, broken homes, hate, and lawlessness in our country today. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Run, walk, honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. We are breaking a lot of records in 2022 and not the good kind. Gas prices, inflation, homicide rates, and now this. Gallup reports the number of Americans who say they believe in God has hit a new low at only 81%. Now, unsurprisingly, the Republican category totals went almost unchanged, but it was Democrats and young people's belief in God that took the biggest hit. It seems young people are ditching the Bible and are instead taking their cues from social media. And it's not just the belief in God that's plummeted. Church attendance, membership, and confidence in religious institution have also dropped and dropped significantly. 
While I understand religion and faith isn't for everyone, and while some criticize the notion of thoughts and prayers, perhaps more God, more faith, and more prayer is exactly what our country is missing. Earth to God, we need you. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at Fox News Commentary. If you're in the market for a new home or your dream home, go with a lender you can count on for competitive rates. Over 300 loan products and thousands of loan consultants to help make sure you get the home and the mortgage that you want. Call now to see if you're pre-approved. 866-888-LOAN. 866-888-LOAN. Or go to LoanDepot.com. Loan Depot, where home means everything. Rates are subject to change. Equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Great one. It is Harry Hurley for my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. I'm bringing you seven signs that you may need to replace your air conditioner. I don't want you to have to, but I want you to know. Better to know than to uh, experience something that will be very unpleasant a few weeks from now. Because that's all it's going to take. You get a couple of days of really hot weather, and if your system is not up to being able to keep up with what's going on, that's going to be that. So if you notice that your air conditioner is unusually noisy, that's a telltale. If you notice an odor, it may be time for a new air conditioning system. If it's blowing warm air, Captain Obvious here, or you have high humidity, you may need to replace your air conditioning unit. If you have poor airflow or your system is cycling on and off too quickly, these are the telltales. And finally, although energy costs are rising, of course, if your bills or usage are substantially higher than you're accustomed to, it makes sense to consider replacing your air conditioning system. But most important is your comfort. And this is where ambient comfort comes in. If you're experiencing any of the seven signs that I've outlined, why wait Call Ambient Comfort. Ask about state and manufacturer rebates when comfort matters. Choose Ambient Comfort. AmbientComfortNJ.com. That's AmbientComfortNJ.com. Or call 609-568-0955. That's 609-568-0955. Tell them, Harry Hurley in the morning sent you to Ambient Comfort. Well, I went during the break to Dark Sky Look, I'm a fan of the Weather Channel. I'm a huge fan of Dan Zaro, our esteemed chief meteorologist for the state of New Jersey here for Town Square Media. But I have to tell you, uh, I forget how many years ago it was, but my children introduced me to a smartphone app called Dark Sky. Dark Sky predicted when the weather was going to split and two storms would actually one storm would actually become two and they would split around our charity golf tournament about three years ago. It was I never saw anything like it. I never heard of anything like it. But it happened and Dark Sky showed it was going to happen and it never rained. So I went to Dark Sky and their forecast is even better. About nearly 70 degrees by the time the golfers uh, tee off, probably 68 or 69. One hour into your round, it will be 70. By about halfway into your round, it will be 75. And as you finish, it will be in the 
range of about 77 degrees. What a perfect day. And it's going to be cooler, but wear your sunscreen, though, because it will be a partly cloudy event. The sun's going to peek in and out, but it's going to be partly cloudy. Don't get me started. I don't know the difference between partly cloudy. Why isn't partly cloudy partly sunny? I don't know why, but that's different. Partly sunny is different than partly cloudy, and that's just uh, weather vernacular. That's just the way that it is. When we come back, I ran long in the first segment. When we come back, after we update you what's happening on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app and some other things happening with the digital platform side of Town Square Media and a quick break, I'm going to share with you why I want you to listen to me and not get all worked up by these things you're going to hear over the next 13 weeks. Because the Democrat media, there's no truth that is their friend right now. So we will be inundated with sleight of hand, flat out lying, all kinds of trickery. And I'm going to give you an example of exactly what I'm talking about. What I'm going to share with you is not true, cannot be true, but they're trying to sell it because they have nothing else. I'm speaking directly about the midterm elections when we come back on the Hurley in the Morning program. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It is 31 minutes past the hour. I hope your morning is off to a great beginning. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Will New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy run for the Democratic nomination for president in 2024? Check it out. I've, I've written about it. I am rooting for labor peace in Atlantic City. It's so important. This is Local 54 and the casino industry. And Kelsey Grammer, who I think is just awesome, returns to Atlantic City tomorrow. From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. By about 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon, we'll start to see improvements in our weather world. Until then, expect clouds and one more push of showers. 60s this morning, only 71 this afternoon. Skies will continue clearing this evening and overnight, low temperatures 60. And a nice June day on deck for tomorrow with partly sunny skies and a high temperature around 79. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, this is some of the best free advice. This is 31 years in the making. I guess this July 1st. Not quite 31 years in the making yet. But some of the best free advice that I've ever given you in more than three decades. If you if you can do this, I'm going to save you stress, stomach pain, a little anxiety, because I'm telling you, you don't have to worry. For example, and I'm sure the Democrat media is going to be touting this all day because they're liars. It's liars who lie about lying. It's what they do. 
and you got to give it to them. They're fantastic at it. Well, maybe they're not fantastic at it. They're, they're, they, they do it a lot, but they get caught every time. So if you get caught every time, if you're a thief, you would not be a very good thief. Hey, he's a great thief. He gets caught every time. He's been in the big house 20 times, but he's a fantastic thief, but he gets caught every time. So they're not good at it, but they're, they're very, very active at doing it and not doing it well. Kind of like Joe Biden riding a bike or walking up the steps to Air Force One. Gerald Ford had on a wet stairs, this this elite Michigan football player got a reputation for being a klutz. And yet he was an incredible athlete, great golfer, phenomenal football player. And here you have Joe Biden pooping his pants, falling up the steps, not down the steps. One time he did it three times in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Falls, gets up, falls, falls. I mean, and nothing. Everything's perfect. No problem. No problem. To quote uh, Richard Gere and an officer and a gentleman, no problem. No problem. Blimp hanger. Mayo. Blimp hanger. So leave this to me. I will give it to you straight. I'm the one that's been telling you the House is settled and the Senate is still in doubt. I also don't believe the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. There's no way that this Democrat nominee, Lieutenant Governor, what's his face, uh, that stroked out and has not been seen since that he's got some 14 point lead over the Wizard of Oz. I don't believe that. And you shouldn't either. But let me give it to you this way. There is a morning consult Politico poll. It's all Democrats. And they conclude that voters are evenly split on the midterm elections between Democrats and Republicans. Don't you believe that for a second? That is impossible. It's not true. I don't care what their survey says. They didn't even uh, survey likely voters. They surveyed uh, surveyed registered voters. Uh, I don't believe it. I know it's not true. But they say if the election were held today, 42% would vote Democrat, 42% would vote Republican. So keep in mind, the best they could do in their Democrat poll is make Democrats in a tie. However, listen to the language. Listen to the language. Quote, voters are evenly split on who they will pick in the upcoming midterm elections As Republicans continue to make gains. Now, under the heading, I'm psychotic and so am I. How does that make any sense? How are we even Stephen, but Republicans continue to make gains? This is a Democrat survey. It's a bunch of crap. And even in this Democrat survey, Joe Biden, his approval rating is 39%. It's not it's not real. If you hear your Democrat media reporting it, don't worry about it. It's not worth getting lathered up about. Even in this Democrat poll, only 32 percent of registered voters 
approve of Joe Biden's handling of the economy. 60% disapprove. 60% blame Biden for his policies relative to increasing inflation versus 28% who say that they don't think that he or his administration are responsible. And you, 28%, you are wacko. To quote Larry King, you, sir, are a wacko. Quote, end quote. Did you ever hear me, ever hear me tell you that story? Oh, oh, my God. It's one of those things where never assume. I, I, I'll tell you, some of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned come from unexpected things happening. When you think something is going to go one way and you just can't believe it. Now, I'm not a talk radio caller. And if you go back in time, this is many, many decades ago. And I'm very different now than I was then. Larry King used to get under my skin because I found him to be, and God rest his soul, a COVID statistic, by the way. Uh, he was so dishonest in terms of his political analysis. And, and I have more contempt for people that pretend they're not biased and they're incredibly biased than someone who, like, for example, Joy Behag and Stephanie Marshall and liberals like that. I have no problem with them. I don't agree with them, but they're not hiding. They're not faking. They're, they're completely biased and they own it. It's the ones that are sneaky about it. So Larry King used to get under my skin and he wasn't very good in talk radio, by the way. And he had, he had to quit it because he just, he couldn't take it. But I called his show twice. Now I've called maybe, my God, maybe that's it. I think that's the only two times I've ever called a talk radio program. I've been a guest hundreds of times. So this is long ago. Christy Whitman had lost to Bill Bradley and was a candidate for governor of New Jersey. So you know exactly what era I'm talking about. Not era or era. And I call Larry King and I make the pronouncement that Republicans are going to win both the House and the Senate. So you know it's the election of 1994. This would be the Republicans winning the House of Representatives for the first time in 40 years. And I said the Senate is also going to go Republican and Christy Whitman will be the next governor of the state of New Jersey. Larry King proceeds to say, if you think Republicans are going to win the House and the Senate and that Christy Whitman is going to be the next governor of New Jersey, then you, sir, are a wacko. Quote, end quote. End of call. Hung up on. So. A little while goes by and Republicans win both the House and the Senate and Christy Whitman is the governor. I call back Larry King. I said, hey, Larry, remember me? I'm the guy that said on your show and you said I was a wacko. I'm the guy who said Republicans are going to win the House and the Senate and Christy Whitman is going to be the next governor of the state of New Jersey. 
and you said, and I quote, you, sir, are a wacko. And I imitated him, imitated him on his own show. Probably not, you know, a polite or smart thing to do. So you would think this is going to be the jewel of the crown. I'm going to have an amazing moment for a caller in talk radio history. I don't know how it happened, but I got absolutely smoked right off the phone line. I still don't know what hit me. And I hung up, or I shouldn't say I hung up, I was hung up on. And I thought, well, that didn't go how I thought it was going to go. I thought he was going to say something like, ah, you know, I was wrong and uh, I didn't see it coming. And, you know, you saw it and, you you know, I thought it was going to be like that kind of thing. Didn't go that way at all. So the moral of the story, things don't always go the way you think they're going to go. I mean, I had prepared. My result had come through. All three were considered major upsets, but not by me. I knew it. Remember, the Democrat media never saw Peter Jennings, America's had, or it might have been Dan Rather, one of them said, America has had a temper tantrum. Because remember, unless Democrats win, nothing is normal with this Democrat media. It's always an upset. It's always a mistake. How did this mistake happen? And what can we do to correct this mistake at the earliest possible time? But I'm just serving up just a slice of life experience that no matter you can have truth on your side, you can have preparation, and yet things don't always go the way you think they're going to go. And I think that's just a a, a case study in the game of life that most times, because you can't script it. I know there are people that write stuff down, and I don't believe in that. I I believe in being prepared, and you just go into it. Uh, But I know there are people that actually write scripts down and read them and stuff like that. I think people know when you're doing that. I I don't, I don't, that's not me. I don't go for that. I always say, I know what I know. I don't know what I don't know. Recently, someone brought up something, and I said, I, I have never heard of that. And and rather than act like I knew something I didn't know, uh, 15 minutes later, my friend wrote me back. Hey, I, I wrote you. I said the wrong name. So I said, well, see, you see, I don't make stuff up. I, I mean, if I know it, I know it. I never heard of that. So to me, that's the way to do it. You can't say you don't know to everything or then you're a dope. But if you don't know something, just say, I don't know it. But I'll, I'll look into it. I'll get back to you. But that's my lesson, uh, lesson learned. Now, keep in mind, and I know this, the host has a lot of control. It has the kill shot, the kill button, you know, uh, can pot you down, you know, all kinds of tricks. But even after I was right on all three major predictions – It didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And I didn't call the day after the election. I didn't do anything like off-putting and obnoxious like that. It was like weeks later. I said, hey, let me call Larry King again because it all came in. Everything came in. And, you know, you don't remember every caller. But believe me, if you get a call that Republicans are going to win the House for the first time in 40 years, Republicans are going to win the Senate, and Christy Whitman, who was on the Board of Public Utilities and never held office, maybe a freeholder or something, 
uh, is going to be the next governor of the state of New Jersey, you're not going to forget that call. You may forget the caller, but you won't forget that moment. But it was it was a window into and I don't usually speak speak ill of the dead. It was a window into what a jackass Larry King was. I never cared for him. I thought he was a fake, a phony, a fraud. Never liked him. When he was in talk radio, he proved he didn't do his homework. It's easy. You do these interviews with Robert De Niro or all these different stars. There's nothing to that. It's easy. He couldn't do talk radio. He had to bail out because it's hard. You've got to do a lot of homework. Or you'll be exposed, as he was. How he got out of that one, though, I I still, to this day, have never figured out how that return cameo performance, command performance, how that went the way that it did. How could you be so right about so much and it not be a triumphant call? It wasn't a disaster, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't uh, It wasn't as I had envisioned it. I didn't expect him to just fold, ah, you were right, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dope, you know, you got it all, you did it all, you, you should have the show. I mean, I didn't expect anything crazy, but um, just don't ever count on anything going the way that you think it's going to go. Do the preparation do the event or the moment, whatever it is, and when it goes how you wanted or exceeds it, then fantastic. But things can go sideways at any time. No question about it. That much I do know because I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 56 minutes past the hour. Let me send a shout out because this is just my nature. It's it's how I was raised. It's, it's how I've lived my life. I appreciate people. Uh, and when people extend kindness, it's really a big part of the reason I wrote the piece uh, during uh, my bout with COVID-19, which is which is over, but yet not literally over. I'm, I'm not. People are asking me, is it over? Um, I'm not going to be able to give it to you, but it's not over yet for me. But but I am improving. And, and my friend Bernadette. Duncan Harrison, uh, Michael's wife, said it best. It's it's a two-day forward, one-day backward type of situation. So you feel improvement, and then just something isn't quite right again. Then you feel some improvement, and so it's 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 not it's not a smooth glide path. But I I want to thank uh, a guest listener, Andy Cortman in Brigantine, because. Uh, Everybody needs encouragement. You know, I, I, I think I come off as like I don't need anything and uh, I, I take great pride in my temperament and being the same every day. I don't I don't get too up or too down. Uh, I try to be, you know, even keel and and all of that. But uh, 
Andy wrote me, you sound great. And that picked me up because I will tell you about two hours ago, I didn't feel great. I didn't feel great at all. Uh, but my energy level is coming back. Uh, I think you can hear it in my voice, the vitality. Uh, and remember, I've spent 30 plus years telling you about this. The voice, if you listen, if you pay close attention, I know how someone is feeling by listening to them. And especially when I have my headset on. Rich and Brigantine, the late great Rich Altamar, immediately rings a bell. I, I, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on the early in the morning program. But I said, Rich, you got to go right to your doctor t- today. I said, something's not right. I'm telling you something's not right. And he was on dialysis, I think, that day. I mean, there's just, there is something. It, it's a window into the vitality of the person. You can tell if, if you if you just take yourself out of the equation and just listen. You can tell how someone is doing. So, Andy, I'm telling you, your um, your words of encouragement really lifted me up when I read them about five minutes ago or so. And I wanted to say I appreciate it and I appreciate you and I appreciate all of our listeners. All right, I'm, I'm pumped up about today's program. We've got Kirk Conover next, John Zarek, and Major League Baseball great, Denny Nagel. Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you so much. It's six minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover is here, our former esteem. New Jersey Assemblyman and uh, a man who's like a brother to me. Uh, we're going to have a great hour together. But first, uh, I have this opportunity to share with you about Bell Plain Supply Company. Bell Plain Supply Gun Center is the only place to purchase all your hunting and shooting needs. They are a full-line Browning dealer, stocking a large selection of ammunition and firearms, being hunters and shooters themselves is especially helpful to guide customers to make just the right selections. With the largest selection of Browning products and over 40 years of experience, a courteous sales and service staff await the first-time buyer as well as the experienced hunter and shooter. Make your way to Bell Plains Supply Gun Center, South Jersey's largest Browning dealer. Ladies and gentlemen, he will be on the links tomorrow, so will Nancy, at the 15th annual early in the morning charity golf open at the Linwood country club kirk can you believe it's been a year it's unbelievable but again you are blessed with good weather even changing the date kirk yeah i mean the switch actually it would have been oppressively hot one week ago tomorrow you all are going to tee off at about 70 degrees halfway through your round it will be 75 it's never going to top more than 76 or 77 during your entire round. It's just going to be, and, and 
almost no wind, five mile an hour type wind, just a little whisper there, which is nice. Uh, it's going to be perfect. Ideal conditions for golf, that's for sure. And uh, we, we're looking forward to it. Well, I appreciate so. your support and uh, thanks for putting the Shore Agency foursome in. Uh, and let me ask you to comment on uh, one of the issues I talked about last hour. I, I entered the um, thought process with an open mind, and I, I tried to process what an 18 cents per gallon federal gas tax holiday for 90 days. Was that a gimmick, as Barack Obama said? Uh, was it real? Is it substantial? Will it make a difference? And really, the only conclusion I could come to, and it wasn't just to be disagreeable to everything Joe Biden says and does, I have to, to, to be against it. I, you know me, Kirk. I don't live my life that way. But I can't support it. It takes billions of dollars uh, to fund this, and people will experience pennies. It just it, – it's not a game changer. No, it's a gimmick and it's meaningless and it will cause additional problems in that, uh, you know, this, this money goes into a, a, a trust fund for maintaining the, uh, the highway infrastructure. So it's really not a good thing. And like you said, it's going to be billions of dollars to add to the deficit, which is what caused inflation in the first place. And, you know, another, I was reading another economist, uh, I don't always agree with, uh, Austin Goolsby. He said that, uh, by lowering the, taking the tax off and lowering the price, you actually are going to, uh, increase inflation because people are going to buy more gas because it's lower priced. Well, I don't think the demand curve is that elastic for gasoline. So I, I just think this is all gimmick, and uh, it's really not meaningful, and it has the potential of causing uh, longer-term problems, uh, you know, in funding our infrastructure. So, yeah, it's a, a, a desperation move. Um, but, again, it's everything that this president does is some kind of government scheme instead of unleashing the energy markets allowing them uh, permits to set up the pipelines to the fields where they can drill and, and, and get the oil and natural gas going. No, everything is a government scheme of some sort. Um, whether, it be, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she was mentioned about price controls and then antitrust against... Uh, well, Kirk, you mentioned Nancy Pelosi and I did last hour. Uh, she is not even in favor of this. I mean, if you don't have your own party locked up, buttoned down, what I mean, it's it's so apparent. But I, I, I do concur. Nothing with this president is a strategy. It's always a government gimmick. And really, to just just to be kind, not nothing about his lack of mental acuity and all these obvious things that are going on that the, the media continues to cover up. That's his whole career. He's never run anything. I think it's it's evidence that the difference between the Trump philosophy of governance, a businessman that what's the expression, you know, has signed the front of a check and not just the back of a check. 
and understands what goes into making decisions, what works in the free market. Uh, and Biden is a swamp creature. I mean, it's it's not a unkind remark. It's it's a it's a fact. He knows only government bureaucracy talking about things, but not accomplishing anything. So it's no wonder that when all these dynamic things are happening and we needed really nimble, smart policies and strategies, we didn't get any of it, Kirk. No, and it's a, a real problem in the, in the long run simply because all these government programs and gimmicks and things that, that, that they have, the modern Democrat Party believes in, they basically uh, bog down growth, innovation, and, and the dynamics of what should be, uh, you know, a free enterprise economy. The uh, by, by the way, they, put, the, put this in perspective, ladies and gentlemen. So when you hear me say that I would have saved, I think, $3 filling Hurley 1 yesterday in Egg Harbor Township, the corner of Fire Road and, and uh, Zion Road, $3. You, Andy Cortman wrote me, you'd have to drive, and he drives for a living, you'd have to drive 1,500 miles to save $23. So what are we talking about? And I should have remembered this because I, it certainly was something that I thought of but did not mention last hour. I should have thought of this. Uh, that $0.18 cents per gallon funds infrastructure. These are the same clowns that jam up our buttholes every day, infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. So what's he going to take away for the entire summer, the revenue to fund infrastructure improvements? So it doesn't make sense at any level. No, and it shows a distrust for the marketplace. Like I said, he came into office and the first day he did things that were just to um, eradicate policies that, President Trump had regarding energy. And those policies uh, worked. They made us the world's leading energy producer, a net exporter, and made us energy independent. And the reason those policies worked is President Trump and and like-minded Republicans and conservatives uh, have faith in the marketplace because contrast the marketplace to government. The marketplace has millions of decision makers making decisions every day. And that produces a better result than a handful of bureaucrats trying to manage the economy. I mean, that, it's, it's always failed. And like I said, it's, it's really hard to see uh, anybody in this modern democrat party that actually believes in the marketplace isn't it also funny though kirk let's get the break in but i just want to squeeze this in just for fun just for giggles laugh track please um barack obama just wide out there on on the uh you know the the video saying that this type of national holiday for the federal gas tax is a gimmick and he said you'd save a half a tank of gas for the summer gimmick but now what is it his number two guy is proposing it and now it's what serious 
It's not a gimmick. It's serious thought, a serious strategy. They have nothing. And the reality is every onerous, difficult circumstance that they thrust upon the energy sector has brought us to where we are. And now he's going to use the federal gas tax as a solution to the problem that he created, that we would not even be experiencing this. We're short a million barrels a day at least because of his policies. We would not be experiencing any of this. We were energy independent and a net oil exporter. We didn't have any of these problems until Biden. And it was so predictable. Just go back. Go, Everybody, please don't listen to me. Don't listen to Kirk. Go look at the uh, the Democratic debates. Go look at the campaign for the Democratic nomination. Joe Biden said he was going to kill the the uh, the oil industry. They're going to be gone, he said. That's their plan. What they don't realize is how do they think all this? Do they think an electrical battery is clean? Do they not know? When we come back, Kirk, I want the floor for 30 seconds. I have a short little list. I just want to get the break in first so we're not too far behind. I have a short little list of these batteries that they believe are so environmentally friendly. How we actually come about them. It's an important part of the conversation that Biden and his fellow Democrats in the media, they never tell you, but we will next. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Joe Biden not only inherited energy independence, America is a net exporter of energy. He put in all these draconian regulations because he said he was going to take us off fossil fuels and eliminate them. He's not eliminating them by begging the crown prince, who I've never liked in a country that I've never trusted, that is duplicitous and has a human rights record that is as atrocious as the day is long. But this is where they're taking the country. They don't give a damn about $5 a gallon gasoline. They don't care about a 41-year high of inflation. They're telling us that ah, there's nothing we can do. That is a lie. There's plenty that they can do. But it would take them literally being deprogrammed from their indoctrination into their climate alarmist religious cult. But they're not going to do that. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. All right, it's summer, and if your home project to-do list looks anything like mine, uh, it's pretty long. Stay cool, save up to 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. With Blinds.com, they have a premium selection of shades, shutters, drapes, and much more. Outdoor shades to transform your deck or your patio. Also, they have live professional design consultation and installation available. Shop at Blinds.com right now. Save up to 40% off site-wide for Father's Day. Up to 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash. These days you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. With all that info just out there floating around, 
Well, it can make the Internet a practical gold mine for these identity thieves. Wait, actually, wait, I take that back. That's not fair to gold miners. Mining is hard work, but stealing your identity is so dangerously easy in this day and age. LifeLock, they see the threats you miss on your own. If, in fact, your information is compromised, you get an alert. And if, in fact, your identity is stolen, you get a U.S.-based dedicated restoration specialist that will fix it for you. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, but you can make sure your identity theft protection starts right now and right here. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com. They have a low annual rate. If you use the promo code Hannity, you'll save an additional 25% off your first year. Protect your name, reputation, finances, and credit score. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you very much. 23 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. I am Hurley in the morning. This, tell a friend, is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Hold on one second. I'm actually working on something very important here, and I'm shocked Again, it goes to my monologue of last hour. There is a result. It's something I'm going to be sharing a little bit later. I'll tell you all about it. I'm shocked at the result. It's uh, just one of those things where you just have to accept that things uh, are what they are. And a good friend of the program is helping me with something else. So I'll write yes and thank you. And the former vice president of Atlantic Electric checking in. Uh, oh, this is this is. This is what I'm talking about. My friend sent me exactly what I'm going to be talking about. He, I think he knew it as I teased right before the break when I said what go into these, these batteries that the Democrats love so much. Look, I love technology. I've got solar. I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, but let's not kid a kidder that this is all – eco-friendly and all of that so this is what i was going to share and my friend just sent it to me as well batteries do not make electricity they make you think that they do they store electricity now how many times have we talked kirk you and i and independently this program uh when you're not here about the dirty energy that ultimately becomes their dystopian, wonderful alternative energy, and they ignore how it got there, the process, whether coal-fired plants were involved, uranium, natural gas-powered plants, or diesel fuel generators. I once saw a cartoon that it was terrific. There should be more of this because we need the kind of humor that fits what's actually going on. Not not the humor that they do to wallpaper over and hide what's going on. But I saw this um, very eco-friendly uh, Democrat-looking example of clean energy. But then right next to it in the background was the dirty way that that beautiful clean energy was created. Kirk, they're lying to us at every turn. Not only are they lying to us, but they're basically obfuscating the fact that China controls 
most of the trace minerals and the elements that go into these batteries. And they control it in a couple of different ways. There's a lot of them that are found in China. And another big chunk of them are found in Mongolia, which is controlled by China, basically. Uh, they say they're an independent country, but, you know, in the shadow of China, they do what China, they do China's bidding. And the other place is the Congo and Africa, where basically it's slave labor in these giant strip mines that just decimate the uh, entire landscape, uh, you know, as compared to, you know, a pipeline that goes through um, a forest somewhere and has, you know, 20 feet on each side of it cleared and, you know, the animals run underneath of it and around it. It, it is just horrible. Um, and, yeah, it's not really going to make a difference. That's the big lie. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, this climate change is a natural phenomenon, and there's caused by forces that are way beyond, much more powerful than uh, anything that uh, the human do. And that, that's the big lie, uh, that somehow uh, all these different, techniques to try to reduce emissions, it's just not going to work. Kirk, let me also point this out briefly, and then you, you, I'll tee it up uh, in honor of your uh, great golf game tomorrow where you and your foursome finished in a four-way tie for the championship. Oh, my gosh. What I don't even know how Jeff Bonnecke even got to, to a winner. It was so close, and it went to multiple uh, tie-breaking formulas oh you guys were right there so i'll tee this up for you in honor of your your great team the thing that also is i think extremely injurious to all of this is president biden trashing the oil industry trashing companies and ceos by name that is extremely counterproductive now i understand the entire biden presidency has been about blaming Putin, Putin's, you know, war. And oh, that's why sidebar sidebar, Kirk. I was so happy to hear Fed Chairman Powell answer the question under oath. Is Putin's war the reason for the high inflation answer? Quote, no, we had extremely high inflation before Putin's war. He jammed Putin's war up Biden's hiney hole. I loved it. To quote Simon Cowell, oh, I didn't like it. I loved it. That's my Simon Cowell invitation. Uh, so back to the um, to the topic and not the sidebar, although that was fun. And I'd like you to comment on that after the bottom of the hour break, because that's that's a serious policy type, you know, thinker, not a politician that just flat out under oath told the truth that Putin's war. So Biden, we know, Kirk, the whole presidency has been about blaming other people, blaming Trump, blaming Putin, blaming uh, – remember he blamed chicken chicken farmers. He blamed the meat industry. Uh, he, he blames the oil industry. I mean he's always got someone to blame. But I think that's terrible when you do what he did uh, so regularly. He's been doing this now for several weeks, blaming the industry for his failed policies – Yeah, and they, they don't have a, uh, you know, they have no blame in the sense that 
they're just reacting to the the craziness that he put in place. He reinstituted all these regulations on the uh, exploration uh, for for exploring and finding uh, natural gas. He closed off areas that were about to be explored. And the big thing was, you know, the, the re-regulation, which makes it very difficult to get the infrastructure to these uh, drilling sites to get the oil or natural gas out of there, which means you got to build pipelines. So it's... Um, and, of course, he stopped all that but gave Russia their own. He, he stopped all of that. All right, much more. I do want to get your take on Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's comment under oath. What a great pointed question. What an unambiguous opportunity that was moment to garner a direct response under oath from the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board about whether Putin's war was the reason for the high inflation in America. What a what a stunning, beautiful moment of truth and clarity that was. Now, of course, the Democratic media has not really reported that, that I'm aware of, but it happened. And ladies and gentlemen, if you missed it, whatever search engine you use when you're doing digital, go look up Jerome Powell and his answer to the congressional question about Putin's war and is it the the resp- responsible factor for the high inflation? And his answer is just delicious. Much more with Kirk Conover and yours truly early in the morning right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Will New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy run for the Democratic nomination for president in 2024? We've written about it. Check it out. I'm rooting for labor peace in Atlantic City, Local 54 in the casino industry. Very important moment. And Kelsey Grammer returns to Atlantic City tomorrow. He's just, he loves Atlantic City. He said it. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Today's weather begins the same as the last two days. Cloudy and cool, damp and unsettled, but today's the grand finale of this unseasonable June weather. Expect one last push of rain showers from about late morning through early afternoon. Then skies will start to clear as dinner time approaches. High temperature limited to 71. Tides low 60 with clearing skies, partly sunny and 79 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Sean Hannity. 37 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. Uh, Normally, Kirk is with us on Tuesday, so don't get confused. Coming up right after Kirk, John Zarek will prove it's Thursday. Oh, and I think Kirk is going to like this. I know he has to work for a living. They have a very important business, you know, the Shore Agency, the official and exclusive insurance company for the Hurley in the Morning program uh, and for the Hurley family. Uh, But Kirk, I don't know if you heard me uh, promote this a few times before I ask you about Jerome Powell again. uh, Former Major League Baseball pitching great 
Denny Nagel, 9 o'clock hour this morning. I know you remember him. Oh, yeah. It's a... It's a, it's a good get for you. I'm I'm going to be very interested to hear uh, your interview. Well, you're going to love him and also uh, his conservative bona fides. Uh, he, he, one of the last things he said to me last night, he said, I sure hope we also talk about some politics. He said, and I won't hold back. He is unapologetically conservative. He's a beautiful man. Just, I mean, I was so fortunate. I don't even know how it happened. We became friends on Facebook, not fa- not fake friends either, real friends. So on my birthday, you know, I feel a little bit down. You know, I'm a COVID nineteen uh, birthday and Father's Day. It was absolutely fantastic, as you can imagine. Uh, I did this fundraiser that's still ongoing on my Facebook page, and Denny Nagel, who already he and I have had beautiful conversations uh, over the past couple of years, he makes a three hundred dollar contribution to my charity. So, you you know. Um, that blew me away. And I kept thinking, I want to interview him. I've been thinking about this for two years. I mean, I was a huge fan when he was pitching for the Yankees. Uh, one of his best seasons ever. He was 20 and five with a 2.97 ERA and uh, finished third in the Cy Young voting. I don't know. He led the league in wins. I don't know who wound up getting it in 97, but um, he didn't. I think he should have. But uh, anyhow, uh, so I reached out to him with a, with a, a, a little text message. And we set today up. So I'm really looking forward to this. And I get to pay it forward. I don't want to spoil it until we get to the 9 o'clock hour. But I get to um, to pay forward his kindness that he showed our charity with something that we're going to surprise him with uh, in the very first minute of the interview. So don't anybody miss it. Uh, former Major League Baseball great, Denny Nagel. Uh, he played for, let's see if I can remember, he played for the Yankees. He played for the Cincinnati Reds, the Atlanta Braves, the Colorado Rockies, the Minnesota Twins, and there is a sixth team. I always forget the sixth team. There's one more team. Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, so he enjoyed a 13-year career. As you know, Kirk, that's very hard to achieve. And But he's even a better person. Everybody's going to hear it. He's just a beautiful, beautiful man. Anyhow, you're going to be impressed, Kirk. I don't want to uh, bias the uh, the thing before it starts, but you're going to be impressed because he's he's really fantastic. All right, Jerome Powell under oath being questioned by members of Congress is asked the direct question: Is Putin's war with Ukraine the reason for the high inflation rate? Jerome Powell's answer was beautiful. Your take. Well, it was uh, clear as, as as the clearest day you'd ever want to think of. We were talking about 8% inflation back in uh, January and February, you know, before Putin uh, invaded uh, Ukraine. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, somebody's out there telling the truth. Uh, you know, he is on the road and he's basically the most important guy for our economy right now. Um, so yeah, the basis for the inflation, my opinion, it's the $3 trillion of, uh, spending that Biden did right away when he came into office, the two, two trillion, um, COVID relief plan. I forget what they call it, American rescue plan there or it something is. like that. That's and then it. there was, that's it. And then, yeah. And then the, you know, the so-called, uh, 
20% infrastructure plan, which had 80% um, basically wasteful spending in it. With another beautiful name, Build Back Better. <laughs> and, you know, that's $1.2 trillion. Had to be financed by the Fed. Yes. The Fed's the only buyer that could buy up all those uh, federal bills, bonds, and notes to finance it. That jacked up the money supply. So you got too much money chasing too few goods. And why do we have too few goods? Because uh, President Biden and his, um, you know, retribution against President Trump basically declares war on fossil fuel production. The big blue states had the tremendous lock, lockdowns of the economy, this disrupting the supply chain in so many areas. All those things contributed. Uh, but the main reason was, you know, too many dollars, chasing too few goods. And that, that spending, you know, sprinkling all that money all over the economy increases demand when the supply chain didn't get a chance to heal. So there was a lot of things going on way before Putin invaded Ukraine. Kirk, after the break, I want to broach this topic. I think it's a very important one because this program has a lot of credibility and not just Tuesday mornings with Chuck Malamut and before Chuck with Kirk Conover with, with their bona fides, their, their credibility in terms of uh, Kirk economics, Chuck and, and his uh, elite financial background. But we were very complimentary all during the pandemic about the Fed, thought that they navigated with brilliance and that they did demonstrate, you know, they could be nimble and smart. And, and really, they just seemed to push all the right buttons to do all the right things. Something crazy happened. I do believe that Bidenomics is is a big part of it, though, in fairness. I don't want to give too much blame uh, to Jerome Powell and the Fed, but the Bidenomics has been so, I mean, demonstrably, provably uh, injurious to our economy that it's you, you just have to be a sycophant just or a flat out sociopath, just a liar to not acknowledge that the Biden economic policies, if, and that's being kind because I don't think there is a strategy. It's a disaster. It's almost like just let's throw poop up against the wall and, and see what sticks. And then the answer is it depends. I'm only kidding. Uh, so when we come back, I want to ask you, did Jerome Powell, did the Federal Reserve Board, did they just blatantly miss something that with their experience and it's their job, because I'm just a radio talk show host for 30 years. And I said to Chuck Malama, Chuck, this is not transitory. This, this is a problem, this inflation. This is, this is here to stay for a while. Can't you feel it? It's palpable. It's not transitory. So I think that was a moment of truth that they failed. They failed the test. And look at us now and the pain that this economy is going to be put through. They I mean, they, they say they have to put us through pain in order to fix it. How bad do we have to, to hurt in order for them to fix what I think I think we could have and should have had a very soft landing to all of this. But unfortunately, it, it, it's not it's not going that way at this point. So I want to get your take, if you will, uh, 
while we're on hold during the break, if you could take it down off of the wall and stare at that very fancy degree that you have to, to just draw that inspiration, Kirk, uh, from that degree uh, when we come back, that Wharton School degree that um, I know the uh, executive lounge that it sits on the wall. We'll be back with Kirk Conover. I am respectfully yours early in the morning, as always. Don't try this at home with or without COVID-19. Mark Levin. You vote Democrat, you're voting for higher gas prices. You vote Democrat, you're voting for empty shelves and higher food prices. You vote Democrat, you're voting for baby formula shortages. And you vote Democrat, you're voting for inflation. I told you, we are in a recession. I don't care what the economists say. You are in a recession. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is Hurley in the Morning. Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you very much. This portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us in part by Batteries Plus Bulbs. Now, they are located right next to Broadcast Center. Very, very easy to uh, to locate. In fact, if you pulled into Broadcast Center on purpose or by mistake, the two parking lots connect. So the strip mall right next door, you can easily navigate right through here. And it's a wonderful team. We, we got a call from a good friend, Chris. He was there. He mentioned early in the morning, and they gave him uh, a little gift. He got like a pack of batteries, which, as you know, uh, they're pretty expensive batteries. But they do a great job. And, it's, and I know it's in the title, batteries plus bulbs, but there is a lot in their store beyond just batteries and bulbs. But they do have all the hard-to-find things, little watch batteries, right up to car size batteries, and then again, all the different bulbs that um, that you deal with. They've got it all. So they're located at 900 Tilton Road, right next to Broadcast Center, or on Route 73 in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Roy is the owner, and he's really hands-on, and you'll see him often in the Northfield store. If you see Roy, please tell him that I mentioned him and and told you all about his great uh, business, Batteries Plus Bulbs. They're extraordinarily service-minded. They have creative solutions to fix your cell phones, your powered devices, any type of device that uses a battery pack, they can completely they, they don't don't even need the batteries that no longer work. They can rebuild the entire power source. They're really, really good. And so much more. Harry Hurley for batteries plus bulbs. All right, Kirk, I gave you enough time. Are you staring for inspiration? Are you staring at the Wharton School of Business? Uh, diploma? Are you are you channeling your inner economic greatness as I ask you to respond to this question? Are you ready, Kirk? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. All right, here goes. Did Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve Board miss an obvious situation here that this inflation was never transitory? See, I contend it's not only discernible now in retrospect, but that it was obvious in real time. What are your thoughts to that point? They should have seen it coming in the fact that, you know, their their so-called balance sheet um, exploded under the Biden. You know, as soon as Biden came in, they passed the, the, 
the big two trillion spending bill, the 1.2 trillion infrastructure, their balance sheet basically doubled. And they, they should know better. You know, when you do all that, you keep buying, buying these, uh, federal treasury bills, bonds, and notes, you explode the money supply. And you look at any of the charts, uh, look up uh, M2 money supply, which is uh, currency in circulation plus uh, quickly uh, liquid assets. You can see it just skyrockets. Anybody with any sense knows that that's going to cause inflation. And the magnitude of the numbers the magnitude of the spending, the magnitude of the increase in the money supply would indicate to most observers that this was not transitory. This was going to take a long time to work itself out. And I have advocated on your program, uh, along with Chuck, we've talked about it many, many times uh, in the past. They needed to raise interest rates gradually over a longer period of time to get us back to a normal interest rate environment where it makes sense to do fixed rate investments, you know, buy bonds and and so forth. But they kept the rates artificially low. And then when they exploded the money supply, boom, demand went, went bonkers. And you had, again, too many dollars chasing too few goods. So, yeah, they missed it big time. And uh, How does this other thing work for us mere mortals, us lay people that don't understand finances and economics the way that you and, say, a Chuck Malamut do? Because when I look at things like this particular product is up 37 percent and this one's up 27 percent and this uh, this one's up, you know, 20 uh, some percent, I don't see anything that's in 8.5 percent range. How are we, other than if this is just completely dishonest and we're being lied to, how is this inflation overall 8.5% when everything is so much more uh, percentage-wise increased than the 8.5% overall that they report? I guess what I'm saying, Kirk, as a layperson is I don't believe this 8.5%. I think it's substantially higher. Well, you're right there. I've I've seen uh, you know articles written by really credible economists that, that basically say if we calculated the CPI, the headline CPI, and, and the core CPI the way it was calculated in 1980, our inflation rate would be more like 17, 18 percent. So yeah, they've they've made some changes and. Uh, or bad. I mean, I don't know the methodology they use, but it's definitely different than it has been in the past. And whether it was done for nefarious reasons, I don't know. See, but- now, Kirk, Kirk, that's a really important point. If you if you just fudge the numbers and change the uh, the, the the way they're reported, and and you make it a lower number, and then when you have people talk, well, you know, it's not the nineteen seventies because then it was like seventeen and a half percent for a mortgage. You know. Uh, uh, interest rate or 21.6 percent to buy a new car and now you know we're complaining because it's five and a half percent or something uh if you just change the way you report 
you really, I think, camouflage the severity of the problem. Yeah, and, and you and I have also talked about how they fudge the numbers on the unemployment rate. Yes. You know, they just, people just disappear. <laughs> right. If you vaporize people, if you call somebody a discouraged worker and you just take them out of the equation, uh, it, you can make anything look exactly as you want. Kirk, a lot of fun this hour. Uh, some of it fun, some of it not so fun, but all of it important. And uh, I will see you at my broadcast remote studio tomorrow at the Linwood Country Club, my friend. Looking forward to it. You bet, man. I can't wait. And we'll, we'll be ready. We'll I be have ready no doubt. to challenge for the, for the crown. You've been, you've been knocking on the door, getting closer and closer and closer to where you were part of a four-way tie to win the whole thing last year. So we wish you well, and we'll see you in the morning, Kirk. Thanks, Harry. You're welcome, oh. my friend. Always a pleasure to be with you. John Zarek, as some would say, gentlemen. John Zarek is next. And then Denny Nagel. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. John Zarek will join us in just a moment. He is here and he is ready to go. And the uh, he's just a wonderful guy. I can't wait till the next hour as well. Uh, former Major League Baseball pitching great Denny Nagel, a former Yankee. And he played for five other teams as well during a 13-year career. And, you know, look, they call it the show. When you make it to the big show, the, to the show, uh, it's rarefied company. And he was a great one. And he's an even better person. Uh, we're going to surprise him in the opening minute uh, he extended great kindness to me uh, on my birthday. I didn't ask for anything on my birthday, on my COVID-19 birthday slash Father's Day. All in one day, all three things. It was just fantastic. I did eat two twin lobster tails, though, so it wasn't all bad. Um, but Denny Nagel extended great kindness to me on my birthday, on Father's Day, uh, during my COVID-19 uh, debacle. And uh, I'm going to um, extend kindness back to him in the opening minute of our interview. It's going to be um, it's going to be great. Uh, before we get to John, uh, I have this opportunity to tell you about Bell Plain Supply Gun Center. It's the only place to purchase all of your hunting and shooting needs. They are a full line Browning dealer, stocking a large selection of ammunition and firearms. Being hunters and shooters themselves, it's especially helpful to guide customers to make just the right selection. With the largest selection of Browning products and over 40 years of experience, a courteous sales and service staff await both the first-time buyer as well as the experienced hunter and shooter. Make your way to Bell Plain Supply Gun Center, South Jersey's largest Browning dealer. John Zarek is here. John, as you know, but it's it's in my contract, so I have to do it. It's not in his. It's in mine because I have to do this because I want to do this. John is the official and exclusive lead counsel 
for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The law offices of John Zarek, they help in so many ways. They help the entire family. It's not just the uh, the, the client, but it's it's really a, a total team approach where the whole family uh, is involved, of course. So to make an appointment with John, simply call 609-641-2266, 609-641-2266. The law offices of John Zarek focuses their efforts on criminal defense law. Their goal is to provide you and yours with the very best legal advice. And good morning, Counselor. Welcome. Good morning, Harry. So good to be here. Good to have you. It's a good day to be a patriot. Yeah. There's, uh, there's, uh, you know, a patriot always wants a fight, um, always wants to do good for the country and, you know, willing to fight, willing to undergo hardship. And let, me, let, me, let me press you on something. Do, does a patriot want a fight or is a patriot willing to fight? Well, from the beginning of time, Certainly, patriots pray for peace, yes, and peace domestic and and foreign. But uh, since the beginning of time, there was all there have always been the bad guys. Yep, uh, they've been out there. Um, you know, in uh, in the days of uh, in the days of the Bible, um, in, in, you know, there were the Jesus would preach. And this wasn't, you know, that's that's the Christian history, but uh, the same things happened in Jewish history and Muslim history. There were there were always people that um, um, that would preach, that would spread good word, that would spread love, care, things like that. And there were always the mockers, right? There were always every story has people on the sidelines mocking. Well, there's still mockers now you know and why did they do that the question is why do they do that the stuff is really unassailable you know these these good principles the ten commandments uh seven deadly sins um you know other religions codes of conduct why why would you attack those things you know why would you attack um a, a set of rules that prevent people if adhered to from doing bad things and actually give people the gift of a happy life. You know, if you want to be happy, there's no, and successful, there's, there's no uh, mystery to it. You know, Harry, everyone's looking for the secret, but um, there's no mystery to it. You just follow the rules, but they're always, they're always going to be mockers. They're always going to be people. And today there are mockers when, when something is good, and wholesome and holy and uh, kind, gentle, um, there will be people mocking it and attacking it. And, you know, like in the old days, one of the, one of the Bible stories is there was a man walking down the road and he uh, fell upon, robbers fell upon him and beat him and left him for dead. And, uh, a Samaritan in this story, the Samaritan came along and, uh, he was, he was not a favored guy in that particular area, you know, a little, little sectional resentment. 
and but he was not a favored guy and what he, and he found this person and he um cared for him he um got a, a he got an inn for him to stay uh and he and not only that he gave up, gave money to the innkeeper and said you know here take care of him for as long as he needs it and give him food and medical care whatever uh he went on his way so there always been there always been good people there have always been mockers there always been robbers you know people say why do people rob you know well because they're robbers that's why they rob <laughs> you know <laughs> there always doesn't it doesn't have to be a deep um psychological reason for why people do the things they do they might just see something they like and take it yep there's been there you know there have always been thieves you know there's there are lots of stories in the biblical stories and other religions about thieves hey well, question for you counselor this will be fun let's address it after the break we, if you're a listener that is well read and you read about different cultures and there are uh, very, um, I don't know how to put it, heavy handed ways, we, we seem to have taken the approach of if somebody breaks into these different stores and just steals everything they want, uh, they don't even get charged, John. That, that seems to be the American approach. But you go take another part of the world uh, – and if you steal and get caught, they cut your hand off. So I'm not saying that should be the, the, the way we do it here in America, but we're taking the approach that it's not even a crime. Go go into that big box store and steal everything you want, and there'll be no charges. You don't have to worry about anything. And, of course, those stores wind up having to close because they can't operate with, with this level of pilferage. But then you compare that to other parts. And again, I'm not saying it's the way to do it, but uh, you go steal a postage stamp and they'll lop your hand off. Uh, I would imagine that if you got lucky enough to keep one hand, maybe you retired from that life of crime. As opposed to if you can steal with impunity and you don't get charged with anything, uh they even set an amount. So then they brought like 100 people one time and they each stole under the limit and nobody got charged. So something uh, something's amiss here. We'll have the counselor comment on that if he doesn't mind next. With John Zarek, this is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now. Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. So, John, as you talk about there were always thieves and there always have been and they're chronicled all throughout recorded history. uh, Isn't it a matter of how society deals with people that do this kind of thing? We we turned into this crazy woke hate the police. The police are the bad guys. The criminals are the good guys. Criminals are no longer criminals. You can burn buildings down and rob them and assault police officers. And then police officers should be responsible for getting assaulted uh, by bad people and then go rob, you know, uh, the Walgreens and all the different uh, big box stores and nothing happens to you for doing that. Then I compared it to other societies that you could steal, 
as I say, a postage stamp. You could steal a, a, a one piece of bubble gum and they're going to cut your hand off. Uh, we have gone way, way the wrong direction here, I think, in condoning a lot of this stuff, John. Yeah, you 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 have to have um, I'll say you have to have laws. And you have to live in a society with laws and, and laws that have consequences. You know, the laws are no good and, you know, unless you have consequences. Now, in, in Judaism, uh, there are, you know, rules for, it, say, in ultra, not ultra orthodox, but in, in orthodox Judaism, there are a lot of rules, hundreds of rules uh, that say what you have to do and what you shouldn't have to do. But uh, preparation of food, for example, and lots of other things. But, you know, the the belief of some people is that for Gentiles, they need to um, to live righteous lives. They need to um, have, uh, you know, seven rules, follow seven rules. And those rules um, are basic rules. But there's one that kind of throws... Um, people when they're um, studying this or they hear about it, one of the rules is you must live in a society that is governed by laws. Okay? You yep. must live in a society that's governed by laws. And that's, people will say, well, why? You know, Well, the reason for that is, um, the, the, the reasonable explanation for that is, and um, I'm not a rabbi, but this is my reasonable explanation is if you don't live in a society governed by rules, then people won't act like human beings. You know, they they and and in fact, you do a disservice to the people by not giving them rules, by not giving them structure, Um, because if you remove the rule of law. Uh, we see what happens when the rule of law is removed. Uh, there's a there's a a book called Neighbors, um, and it's uh, it's about a Polish village called Jedwabne, if I pronounce it correctly. And it's written by Jan Gross, and he uh, he outlines it's a village in eastern Poland that was first occupied by the Russians when they invaded, along with the Nazis from the West. Um, and, you know, the Russians weren't, you know, weren't great with the, the Jews that were captured in, well, were subject to them in in this city, roughly 3,000 people, I think, half Jewish, half um, Gentile. And they got along well, they did business, the kids played together, things like that. There was no real serious problem before, but when the Nazis attacked the Russians, of course, they then occupied this territory, and um, they were uh, there. And 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 you know, of course, the 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 head of the of the city. I mean, the mayor, the council, the you know, the sports clubs, whatever. All the people, even the Catholic priest, um, got together and went to the Nazis and said, uh, you know, the Einsatz group and who are killers and said, you know, what 
what are you going to do with the Jews? And they said, well, we're, um, we're really not going to do anything right now. We're, you know, we're moving on. I mean, they had, they had their eyes on killing a hundred thousand people at a time, mm-hmm. 50,000 at a time. This was a little small task. My interpretation of it anyway is that it was too small a task for them. And so they said, um, well, what if we take care of them? And they said, uh, we don't care what you do, you know, they're Jews. We, you know, we don't care what you do, um, do anything you want. And, uh, we don't, no consequence basically. So they removed the rule of law. So remember the rule is you have to live in a society governed by laws. Well, the Einsatz group, they group, and they removed the rule of law. What did the 80 leading citizens of the, of the town do? They gathered the Jews into a barn, 1,500 of them. Some they killed on the way, but the rest, most of them, they burned to death in the barn. That's what happens. That's what happens when you remove the rule of law. And what? why did they do it? Well, to a great extent, um, there's evidence that they did it because everybody who participated got a house, got land, got a barn, got livestock, got gold, got diamonds, got money. You know, that's what happens if you remove the rule of law. So it's extremely important that we have the rule of law. So what the woke people in San Francisco and other places have done, um, they removed the rule of law with regard to stealing. So there is no there is no consequence. And what do you have as a result of that? You have rampant stealing, destruction of businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the city becomes disreputable. I mean, at California is losing, you know, th- th- it costs you a lot of money to rent a van, uh, to rent a truck or a van, a moving van or a truck going out of California. Going into California, a fraction of the cost. Because nobody's going into California. There's no demand. There's big demand for vans moving out, and that's what's going on. So we, we, the, the, the thing to do is not, if you want to show compassion, I'm all for compassion. You know, I, I think it's great. I think we should spend lots and lots of money um, especially helping young people who break the law, but they should have consequence to breaking the law. They should at least be arrested and then dealt with a great deal of compassion and ultimately perhaps have circumstances where if they earn it, they can get their record clear and, you know, be as clean as the board of health, as they say, and move forward in life and be productive. We want that. And some some of these young people need training to do that. They need, and that training costs money. They, you know, there are various programs that do that now. I think we should do a lot more than that because we're battling an overall deterioration in our moral structure and our societal structure and our legal structure. It gets worse and worse and worse. So, you know, we we should hold people accountable 
but certainly give them the support and opportunity to make significant changes. And the changes aren't to become spectacular, the president of General Motors. The changes are to become normal, to become a person who, first of all, learns what the rules are. General breakdown in society in terms of moral structure, right? You know, the all churches and almost all churches, there are a few here and there, and they're, they're the most conservative organizations, um, are thriving uh, now. But in general, um, the more liberal churches become, the more easygoing they become, the more uh, unfocused on the rules, the basic rules of life they become, uh, they deteriorate, and so we're having, we're experiencing that now, and we're experiencing the product of that now, which are juveniles that are just out of control. You know, not because they, you know, in, they're inherently evil. There are some people that are just, you know, they're just bad. They're bo- bad. You know, from the day they're born, they're doing bad stuff. You know. Um, we see shows on those kids from time to time. They just, you know, some saintly people will take take them in and, you know, set up a lot of structure just so they don't won't, won't be killed by the kids. I mean, some of the kids are homicidal, but that's generally rare. There are a lot of, but there are a lot of kids that can be changed, but they have to be held accountable. John, it's break time, halftime, fascinating. We'll be right back. Much more from the counselor, John Zarek. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. I am Hurley in the morning, back in just a few. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. At exactly 30 minutes past the hour, it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Will New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy run for president seeking the Democratic nomination? In 2024, I give you some insight on that on the app. I'm rooting for labor peace. It's so important. Uh, July 4th weekend with labor unrest is not good for the city. It's not good for the industry. Kelsey Grammer is returning to Atlantic City. He said last visit, quote, I love Atlantic City. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. By about 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon, we'll start to see improvements in our weather world. Until then, expect clouds and one more push of showers. 60s this morning, only 71 this afternoon. Skies will continue clearing this evening and overnight, low temperatures 60. And a nice June day on deck for tomorrow with partly sunny skies and a high temperature around 79. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 36 minutes past the hour with John Zarek. I am Hurley in the morning. This is Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yeah, your initial question, Harry, was uh, do Patriots look for a fight? Are they looking for a fight or... Um, are they willing to willing fight? to fight yes. the fight? Yes. Yeah. And and you know they're certainly they're not good patriots. Are people that follow the rules, um, follow the basic mores of society, um, try to establish good moral structure, act well within that structure. Um, you know. Yep. Good people doing good things. Yeah. That they're patriots. I mean, 
um, someone who makes several billion dollars but um, screams and yells because there's a program that might help young kids um, get a break in life through education or through counseling or whatever, um, to me, that's not a patriot. You know, that's someone that's someone who um, uses patriotism to make a buck and doesn't uh, fulfill the, the, the requirements of being a patriot, which is not only to work hard, to be successful, but to share that success to an extent to share that uh, success to an appropriate extent with others. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we want to be patriots. And uh, one thing we have to do if we're patriots is to fight. There, there are always going to be people, as I said, there, there are always going to be robbers. There are always going to be thieves. There are always going to be mockers. And one thing we have today, the primary problem, is there are always going to be people. And this happens throughout history. It's happened countless times. There have been many socialist governments, communist governments, all failures. Everyone fails. And uh, they, they have a dream. There are two parts of the dream. Number one, they dream of utopia. Life will be just wonderful under their system. The other part of that dream is they are the boss of the system. They're at the top of the system. Um, they're the ones that are going to be the directors and they, and they never follow the rules that everyone else follows. I mean, um, Castro, his people were starving. His people, you know, you, you saw the cars, they, 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 it's it's like a used car show from 60, 70 years ago. Yeah, they're stuck just fixing what they've got. Yeah, they're fixing what they've got. They don't have they don't have automobiles. They don't have the basics of life. And but Castro has everything he wants and needs, and then some. Yeah, along with his buddies. Yeah, they don't suffer. No. So. They have a socialist dream. Maybe some of the ideas are nice. They, one thing they did is they, you know, had a lot of people become doctors. The doctors make the equivalent of uh, $80 a week, our money. Um, they did, you know, but uh, uh, they, they, they have some medical care. They have some other things. The ideas are, are sometimes good, uh, but the overarching uh, reality of that type of society is that it's once the bosses get in power, Castro stayed in power for what, 70 years? Yeah. Something like that. Then his brother after once him. They get in power and they are able to live in luxury, take care of their families, take care of their friends, take care of their anybody that they favor. They don't give that up. And they, they, so they want power. So we have that going on today. We, you know, we have uh, a, we have people who are living in dreamland, you know, right now destroying the economy, destroying the country, you know, destroying the country uh, through the dream of having all electric um, wind and solar as our future. Now, ultimately, that's going to be the future. There's going to be wind and solar uh 
in years to come. But it can't happen now. Nobody can, you know, nobody can afford those vehicles. Nobody can afford, um, the, you know, the charging stations. They're, they're, you know, there was a recent story about uh, a woman, I believe, who took a trip uh, from north to south, and it was a nightmare. Charging stations were closed. Charging stations were broken. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea is noble, but we're not there yet. The, the, it's it's something to look towards, but they. I think the approach to try to bring it on too quickly, I mean, the cost of one of those vehicles is more than the average salary for a full year of the American people. It's not practical. Sure, sure, yeah. So we... Um, so we have a, a situation where we dream utopian dreams, yeah. uh, like don't arrest people for theft yeah. uh, under a thousand dollars or something like that. Don't arrest people for theft, and and if and if it's over a thousand dollars, I bet the police are not very aggressive there because the prosecutors aren't prosecuting in places where they have um, ultra left wing woke prosecutors. You are correct. So, you know, we have. We have, um, we'll always have people in dreamland. We'll ha- always have socialist dreamers, but the socialist dreamers will always be in power and they'll do anything to be in power. And we see that now. We see serious threats to uh, the existence of the Supreme Court. If they pack the court, yep. then what will happen the next time the Republicans get in? They'll pack the court to gain control the other way. So we'll Yeah, we'll, we'll have hundreds, John. We'll have 231 associate justices to the Supreme Court. It'll never end. You're so correct about that. John, I want to take the final break right now so we have 10 minutes uninterrupted when we come back. It's Smart Law with John Zarek, riding shotgun, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. We continue. It's 49 minutes past the hour, so I said 10 minutes uninterrupted. I meant 11. With John Zarek. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yeah. Yeah, Harry, we want uh, it's it's very upsetting, obviously, to um, do what I do in criminal defense of adults and juveniles and um, to do it in this environment, because there's a never ending, um, never ending flow, um, I guess you'd say an overwhelming flow of um, and it's just it's not just because we have a busy practice and we have the ex- a lot of experience and get uses than other people. That's not the reason. The reason is this is across the board that the kids are really, you would say, almost out of control that uh, in the sense that they are um, being accused of offenses at a rate that never has been um, exi- never existed before in our history, I think. I mean, we just, just especially in the sex area, we get so many kids that are charged with um, crimes involving sexual contact with other kids, involving um, 
pornography or child pornography, um, just overwhelming. And it, it's happening at a, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's accelerating the numbers of kids charged. Um, and, and the, the, the core is, I mean, the core is really adult immorality. I mean, you can't, you can't be, you can't have a stack of pornographic magazines. Well, few people have um, pornographic magazines as a dominant part of their recreation anymore. Um, in the old days, um, and you know, dad would have, everybody knew where the stack of, uh, of porn, soft porn or hard porn magazines were. Uh, then it became everybody knew where the VCRs, VCR and the and the tapes were. And now it's just internet, you know. Like so, kids. Um, the number of people that exercise control over their kids' phones that have spyware on there, where they can see what's going on over their kids' computers. The number of parents that are doing that is minuscule, very, very few. And you've got stuff that if your kids see this stuff, you know, I'm talking about regular pornography and very easy to access child pornography. The most, think of any abomination that you can think of, you, you can pull it up wow. um, on the internet easily easily and these kids know how to do it and they kid you know very often it's older kids who are into this who introduce younger kids into it and then what follows is very often sexual activity between these kids because the fire gets stoked they're emotionally unable to handle this and you know if an adult sees there are lots of adults who can't handle this stuff without um, having bad consequences of physically acting out um, legally or illegally. But, you know, there, there are, you know, we run into this all the time where there are, there are um, men who are destroying their, their, and, and any of the church, we all have friends in churches that are active in, um, and some very active in dealing with men helping men recover, you know, usually through a moral program, um, a church program, a religious program, having men recover from use of pornography. They, they destroy their marriages by, you know, using pornography um, for sexual, sexual gratification, and they're addicted to it. And, you know, unfortunately, their poor wives um, or significant others can't compete with that. You know, they can't compete with, um, you know, the top of the heap porn stars. Nobody can compete. The guys, if they were being compared, couldn't compete with um, the guys that women, and there are women, increasing numbers of women who are uh, looking at pornography and using pornography for sexual gratification. And the, and the husbands can't compete with that with the, you know, with the dreamland guys that are on these videos. So, 
you know, the marriage. So one thing that happens is there's no sexual activity between the spouses. They can't, they can't do it. They can't get motivated to, to, um, engage in normal marital relations. They're off in dreamland in another room, um, wasting their night. They go into work leery eyed and this is what's going on. Now, John, at the level of degradation, you know, and all of that, but on top of that, because of the digital age, there's also tremendous danger in terms of what could wind up on your digital uh, equipment, your your computers, uh, iPads, and so on and so forth, uh, smartphones. So it isn't just, it's horrible what you're saying, the degradation of society and all of that, but isn't there there and you've talked about it on your show is why it comes to my mind. There's the danger of even if it's unwittingly, all of a sudden you could have some some image on your computer that is a criminal offense. Sure, which is important to pay attention to. But what's most important and certainly for today's discussion, most important is what do you think happens in a in a house where that's the way of life, Oof. where the way of life of the adults in the house is to use pornography um, a lot. What happens to the kids? You know, I'll tell you what happens. Dad doesn't go to uh, softball practice. Dad doesn't go to the basketball game. Dad doesn't sit and do homework uh, again. Yeah, all normal priorities, all normal relations uh, are dramatically negatively impacted. Yeah, and those kids are angry. You know, those kids are angry, and those kids often act out. And then they end up in my office. Well, you, you know the expression, uh, children and even the young adult children, it's not, what they, it's not what you say. They're looking at what you do. So, for example, when they know their parents have a marijuana and drug drawer, you know, in their room, but they're telling kids not to do, not to drink, not to do drugs. The kids are looking at what you're doing, not what you're saying. Yeah. Another thing that's mangling families is uh, online betting. I mean, I, I know it's the law, it's legal, but um, there are a host of things wrong with it. In my opinion, um, you can't watch any game, any sporting event, any major thing without having um, advertisements for online betting True. and, um, and, or listen to any, any sports game, the, the Phillies, you'll hear online betting. And the other thing is we, people throw racism, racism around a lot, um, you know, accuse a lot of people of racism for anything, for sneezing, you're a racist, but, uh, and certainly for criticizing anyone, you can become you can be called a racist, but in fact, that advertisement is racist. It's almost exclusively targeted toward um, young black people. That's what they're doing. The uh, you you will rarely find a um, a person who's Caucasian being the star of one of those. Um, those advertisements, unless it's a super big sports star like, uh, you know, NFL quarterbacks or championship quarterbacks, they'll, they'll have 
people like that touting this, but it's it's that that is increasing the addiction, uh, gambling addiction uh, in our state at least, and probably around the country. John, thirty seconds, tenfold. I would bet tenfold. So, you know, there families are under assault. The only way to live decently and to have your protect your kids is don't do things wrong. Yeah. Don't do anything wrong. I mean, and and. You know, be a good example for your kids and monitor your kids and be a parent. Don't be another child in the house, which is absolutely the worst thing for a kid. Um, our spouses need desperately need mature adult partners and kids need desperately needs mature need mature adult parents. And um, John, that's the finish line. Very important message. And I appreciate the hour so very much. See you tomorrow morning at Linwood Country Club. Yeah, it'd be great. Thank, Thank you, John. You. You're welcome. Look forward to it. Thanks. Former Major League Baseball great Danny Nagel is next. G Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Oh, I've been looking forward to this because number one, Danny Nagel is just a great human being. Let's start there. Yes, he did something that very few people can ever do. If you think about it, to make it to the major league level, the highest level in the world. Uh, the, 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 if you put that on a on a mathematical equation, I mean, it would be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of, of a one percentile chance. So, you know, when you enjoy a, an impressive 13 year major league baseball career, a multiple all star career, led the league in wins, a World Series champion. Now, Denny knows I'm a huge Yankees fan, so I know that the year 2000 and the ring that Denny has. That was the third in a row for the Yankees. And Denny, welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. The Yankees should have won in 2001 as well, as you know. They had it. Yes, they did, man. I mean, that, well, that was crazy. I mean, that whole, you know, with with 9-11 and everything, you know, it was almost like so, so, something was crazy in the air that night. Man. Denny, I'm so, I, I'm having a flashback right now. It's game six. And there's a one-run lead, and Rivera's in the game. How how does this not? How does this storybook ending in your right in the September 11th, 2001 era? Just after that, President Bush in the flak jacket throwing that ball with movement. You as a pitcher, I think, can appreciate uh, he threw that well. Uh, you see some of these other bad examples like uh, number 19, Fauci, throwing it. I, I never saw a pitch like this in my life, Denny Nagel. He threw it between home plate and first base. I didn't know the human joint could move a ball that way. He threw it sideways. But anyhow, yeah, so Rivera's in the game, and it all goes sideways. Well, I, I think it, it, there was two reasons why they didn't win in 2001, and their names were Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. <laughs> there you go. Bloody sock. Yeah, yeah, even though that was Boston. Uh, no doubt about it. Well, Danny, welcome to our program. I want to open uh, in, in a, a most 
important area. And uh, I, I have found out through becoming – I've been a fan of yours your, your entire career, but I've, I've become an even bigger fan in the way that I see that you carry – yourself in the game of life which is even more important than than professional sports i think we we can agree on that even though obviously your professional career and your dad before you and the the closeness that you had all of that is is obviously very very monumental but i just have an appreciation for the good man that i know that you are i see the way you are with your family and your community and today is a very important day uh, anniversary in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very sad way for the Nagel family, isn't it? And uh, please tell our listeners about it. Yeah, well, unfortunately, actually, it was it was uh, yesterday, J- June twenty second, was the sixteenth anniversary of the day that we lost my nephew Connor Freed, uh, my sister Debbie's uh, son, uh, to a tr- to a preventable drowning accident. Harry, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, we've learned the hard way through our ordeal that we dealt with that. Drowning is is a you know it's it's an awful thing that happens in this country that people just tend to forget about sometimes. But unfortunately, it's the number one leading cause of death between children ages one to four still in this country. And my my nephew was five years old and and had gotten bumped into the deep end of the of the um, the pool. Who was he was there with uh, a family friend. My sister was working that day and stuff, you know. But you know, just like we always do. You know, she trusted she she trusted the person that was watching her son that day, and it was just a freak thing and stuff, whatever. But the the thing that happened though, Harry, was that uh, they didn't they, they had an AED there, but they didn't have anybody that knew how to use it. Oh. So if they had if they were able to administer the AED, because he ended up going into cardiac arrest, and that's what ultimately killed my my nephew. So we we made it our life mission to do whatever we can to to help families. You know. Uh, to provide swim lessons, to provide we we've, we've provided um, vans to inner cities to, to get uh, swim lessons for kids in the inner cities and stuff. But the most important thing we did was we ended up passing the Connors Law in the state of Maryland back in 2013, and it states it mandates that every public pool has to have an AED on site and somebody there that's that's authorized to use it because studies show that if you if you are able to administer a an AED within the first three minutes of someone going into cardiac arrest. The chances of their survival are ninety eight percent without any type of brain damage. Oh, so incredible, Danny. And what when I see tragedy turn into something like this, where you are now helping your family, you and Debbie and the um, Connor Cares Foundation are saving lives. There's no question. You know, sometimes it's hard to measure uh, something that you save, but uh, I guess a baseball metaphor uh, unwittingly there, but. On behalf of the Hurley in the Morning Charity, Denny, and you're aware of this, but I want to let our listeners in on it. Uh, the Hurley in the Morning Charity has already written. It's sealed. It's in the mail. Uh, if you go into your private cell phone, Denny, you have the uh, the photographic evidence. Uh, we have written a grant in the amount of $1,000 uh, for the Connor Cares Foundation because we want to help you with the great work, the great life-saving work that you're doing. Well, on behalf of myself and my sister, Debbie, and the ConnorCaresFoundation.org charity, uh, we really want to thank you, Harry. It means a lot to us because, you know, any little bit helps. You know, I mean, just just having me on and and talking about it is awesome, too. But the fact that you guys made a donation as well, too, to help further along our our foundation and the work that we're doing means a lot to us. So we really thank you from the bottom of our heart. What does this foundation mean to you as Connor's uncle? 
Uh, I'm sorry, you cut out for a second there. What, what does this foundation, Connor Cares Foundation, mean to you, Denny, as Connor's uncle? Well, I, I'll tell you, I mean, you know, n- nothing, as you know, n- nothing in this world will, will ever bring him back. But, um, you know, we, we just decided to make it our life mission that no other family should have to go through what we went through. So the fact that we're able to do this and name it after Connor, he, he was an old soul here. I mean, anybody ever met the kid? He was, you know, he, he barely, he, he was almost, almost made it to his sixth birthday. But this kid just had this old soul about him. That was the one common theme that everybody said. And, and so to be able to carry on a, a charity in his name and help, you know, like we said, to help hopefully prevent this from ever happening again, but also, you know, doing whatever we can to be there for families and stuff, you know, and God forbid if somebody else does go through it, you know, my sister has also been able to touch base and reach out to people that unfortunately have gone through the same situation and stuff too. So it's not a club that anybody wants to be in, but we've learned the hard way too, is that, you know, sometimes you you need to surround yourself with people that have unfortunately gone through it also too. So, you know, that's another way that we reach out to help people with too. So, so to be able to, to, to be on the board and, and do whatever I can and have it, have a foundation name in his honor just means the world to me. We're visiting this hour with Denny Nagel and we're talking about Connor Cares Foundation. And if you go to Denny Nagel's Facebook page, there's, there's important content. You'll be able to stay close to the Connor Cares Foundation by, by following, uh, Denny's page. Uh, if you go to my page, we're going to put a link there as well. And before we go to the break, I learned from you that Florida, it doesn't, it, when you think about it, it, it sounds kind of logical. The, the year round weather, the tourism aspect and all. Florida is the number one state in America with drownings, such as what we're talking about. And give us an update, uh, to the extent that you can, Danny. Is there an effort to bring Connor, uh, Connor's law to the state of Florida? Yes, there is. As a matter of fact, um, uh, there's a, a, a gentleman named Rick LaCostro, who's the county commissioner of District 1 down Collier County, and he's been instrumental. He's been unbelievable. You, you'd love him, Harry. Another another uh, diehard Yankees fan. He's a retired colonel um, that used to um, uh, serve on Air Force One with uh, the, uh, President Bush. and um, But, you know, so now he's been down there and, and, and followed the, uh, the political path, and he's been unbelievable. So, what they did so far down in that county is they, they started the proclamation and, and following the guidelines of Connor's law, but he's also introduced my sister to the local politicians down there, um, and, and, and they've made a commitment to try to, when they um, go back in session in November, to help pass the law in Naples County and call, call your county. And then once you get one county, that's what we learned, that's what we did in Maryland too. So once you get one county, then it's easier to get another county, and then from there you can, you can pass it statewide. And, and if we're able to pass it in Florida, we've learned that, you know, if you can get two states, then it's easier to get the third state and then so on. And then and then it becomes much easier to try to pass it on a federal on a federal basis. So if we can make this an, an, a national law, the Connors law, then that would be our that would be a huge mission for us. I love that, Denny. And I don't think you need any help whatsoever. You're Denny Nagel. But I do have close friends who know Ron DeSantis very well. This would be great to put right in front of his eyeballs and get him on board because if he gets on board it just is self-evident it happens absolutely all right so i'm going to try to help do that um we'll be back in just a few minutes you're listening to denny nagel who had a great major league baseball career measured in 
many, many years. It's very, very tough to accomplish. 13 years, in fact, for the New York Yankees, my favorite team. The Atlanta Braves, Pittsburgh Pirates, Cincinnati Reds, Minnesota Twins, and the Colorado Rockies. Danny Nagel continues. I think he's going to like my first baseball question when we come back. I'm putting a little pressure on myself here because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that someone's going to like something that I haven't, haven't said or done yet. We'll be back with Danny in just a few minutes. Don't go away. I am early in the morning, and this is South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Summertime at the Jersey Shore. The glitz and glamour of Atlantic City's casinos. Jersey's best pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Great rides in Wildwood. And miles and miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates. Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you and welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour. I promise this will be a very wide-ranging discussion. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk politics. We'll talk whatever comes up organically. Uh, full disclosure, Denny and I didn't talk about what we're going to talk about. It's sort of the Johnny Carson rule. You don't do the interview before you do the interview and I, I just have that much confidence in him and I appreciate his faith in me now Danny I want to bring up something I'm not going to say because you're a modern guy you're not it's not like you walked 10 miles to work in snow knee deep barefoot you know when when you played but when you played pitchers weren't coddled pitchers pitched uh, I don't even think we really had the 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 closer the way that we look at it today. I guess Goose Gossage is is an er, sort of an early uh, version of a, of a closer, but he would usually, I think, come in, in like the eighth and stay for the ninth, stuff like that. Uh, you didn't have that high strike zone that they're calling today. That I imagine you could have just tore it up if you had a strike zone like they have today. I say, as a baseball fan, you you're an expert and you you were an elite pitcher that coddling these pitchers today is causing more injuries. Oh, my gosh, the pitch count. The pitchers at 70 pitches. Oh, my gosh. I mean, all this stuff. Oh, can't let them go above 90. they got to get the arm, has to loosen. You know, all this crazy stuff. I think there's more injuries now, uh, and pitchers have, what, one full day more rest, I think, than you had. I think the rotation is at least one more pitcher than what you had in that day. I know some teams had three even, but it was like four or five, the modern rotation. What are your thoughts relative to my sort of wide-ranging ramble there on pitchers when you played versus what's going on now? Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's any question here that that, uh, you're right. I mean, call it coddling, call it whatever you want, call it babying a little bit too much. And look, you know, I get it. I get that there's there's multi-million dollar investments with a lot of these pitchers now and stuff, whatever. So you're trying to protect your investment and stuff. But in the process of, of protecting them, you're actually hurting them. Like you said, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, the more you throw, whether it's long, long toss and stretching your arm out, more bullpen sessions. I know when I was with the Braves, Leo Mazzoni, we used to have, you know, two bullpen sessions in between starts because he just believed in muscle memory and repeating that, you know, uh, throwing consistent strikes over and over again. But but you're right, too. I mean, just the plain, simple fact of pulling these guys. I mean, my gosh, I mean, look look at this year. You know, Clayton Kershaw's first start of the year, 
and he gets pulled with a, with a, a no hitter, yeah. you know, after a uh, hundred pitches and in, in you know eight innings, whatever it was. Um, I mean, it, it's it's just nuts to me. You know, uh, I'm Facebook friends with a bunch of ex players and teammates and stuff, and one of them is Jack McDowell. And Jack McDowell made made a statement uh, a couple months ago. I think it was, as a matter of fact, I think it was after the Clayton Kershaw incident. And he said, you know, guys, look, what you don't understand is once you get to 100 pitches, it really doesn't matter if you throw 104, 109, 120. Now, now, look, if, if we're getting up there at the 130, 150 mark, then yes, you know, there comes a point where you can't let the guys go, go, you know, too much on the pitch count. But, you know, the difference of letting a guy throw 100 pitches to 120 or 125 is really not that much. It really isn't. So I so agree with you, Denny. And I think that becomes almost like a case study, a poster child for this is crazy. You took a pitcher out who was pitching a no hitter. You know, that would never happen in the history of the game. Oh, it's just nuts. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that really drives me nuts, you know. But but also, too, in general, I, I, I'm with you 100% here. I mean, I think... I think, you know, they're cutting these guys too much and in the process hurting them. And that, you know, the only way that they're going to get strong, it's like working out with weights. You know, the more you the more you lift, the more you get in the gym, the stronger your body's going to become. Well, it's the same thing with throwing for a pitcher as far as I'm concerned. The longer they're out there, the more they extend themselves, the longer they're going to be able to go in games. And it really drives me nuts in the postseason now with, you know, these openers and stuff too, you know, and then, the, the guys, you know, when they get in any kind of trouble, they're pulling them in the third, fourth, and fifth inning, you know, where, and I feel like it's cost some of these teams sometimes in the postseason as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. We're visiting with Danny Nagel, former Major League Baseball pitcher, former Major League Baseball great. I'm going to roll back the Wayback Machine to 1997. It was a magical season. You finished with 20 wins and five losses. You had uh, a very, very um, credible ERA. So you knew basically. Almost every time you went out, you were going to win. And it led the league in wins. And if your team scored at least three runs, you really couldn't be beat because you didn't give up three runs basically the entire season. What was it about that particular season? Just did everything, mechanics, even good fortune, did everything just come together uh, for you to have such a magical season as that? Yeah, I, I think there's no question. You know, John Smoltz was the one that said it to me. You know, he pulled me aside even halfway through that season, and he said, "Negs, you know, in a season like this, I always tell people you, some, you just got to keep keep going with the flow. You know, because sometimes you know the, the the ball just bounces your way in a certain game. You know, and in my case, and it was that certain season. And so, you know, yes, you know, it was, it was a culmination of hard work. And and it felt like every time I went out there, you know, I was able to hit my spots almost. You know. 95% of the time, you know, start in and start out. But the other great thing I think that helped me, Harry, that year too was being able to be in a rotation with Mattis Glavin and Smoltz, three future Hall of Famers, and watch those guys go at it on a, on a nightly basis and have the best seat in the house. I always felt like if you couldn't learn from them, then, you know, there's something wrong with you. And, and you know, people people ask me that when I got traded to the Braves in 96 and, and, and joining that, vault, you know, that, you know, talented rotation that, you know, did, did you feel like there was more pressure on you? And I said, you know, look, I'm, I'm always going to put the most pressure on myself more than anybody else. But I always compared it to, like, running in a race, you know, in a 100-yard dash, let's say. If you run in a race with a 100-yard dash against three guys that you know that you know you're going to beat, you beat them every time, you're probably going to beat them again, but you're not going to run your, your, your best time. Now, if you run in a race with three guys 
that are just as fast, if not faster than you, you might not win that race, but you're probably going to elevate your game and run, and have your best times that you've ever had. That's what I felt like pitching that rotation on a daily basis. That rotation reminded me of the Baltimore Orioles that had McNally and Palmer and Cuellar and Dobson. I mean, four 20-win type pitchers. That's very rare, isn't it? It was very rare. And then also, too, Harry, in 1998, when you threw in Kevin Millwood, who came go. up as a rookie that yeah. he came came up as a rookie that year in 1998? We became the first rotation, the five man rotation, where all five starters won 16 or more games. It was the first time since like 1902 that it, that that had happened. So anytime you're talking about almost 100 years, you know, in the game of baseball, pretty rare company. When we come back, we're going to take the halftime break. When we come back, and we've got the extra minutes before Brian Kilmeade and Denny is going to stay with us until. Brian Kilmeade starts up at six minutes past the top of the next hour. So we've got 36 minutes. I knew it was going to fly by, and it is. I want to talk about the strike zone of today. I, for one, I don't like this high strike that they call now. I don't like it. Uh, I, I, I guess pitchers like it. I mean, and I also think that even though they didn't make necessarily a pronounced or announced change, I think there's a low strike that you also didn't get when you pitched, Danny. I want to ask you about the strike zone today versus when you played and what impact you think that has on the game of baseball. We'll be back with Danny Nagel. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Danny Nagel, our guest for the full hour, and we're we're making a count. All right, so I, I want to ask you, as a great Major League Baseball pitcher, your assessment of today's modern strike zone. I'm not a fan of it at, at all, Harry. Um, you know, yes, you do get probably the, the, of the higher strike call than we did back in my day. But however, I, I'm a, you know I'm kind of old school. I, I'm I'm okay. I you know I know I learned to adapt and go with the times, and I understand like things are different. You know, with the celebrations of home runs and stuff now that they do and everything, and and the analytic the analytics that's come into the game and stuff. You know, I think you have to be able to bend and accept some of these things that, that how the game changes. But the one thing that I, I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of, I don't like bringing in this like K zone that the umpires have, have started getting graded on. I think it's just completely messed up the strike zones. They're afraid to give you anything off the corners yep. and stuff because yep. in, in, in my time, I felt like, you know, if you were a veteran pitcher and you'd establish yourself as a guy that was around the zone and that catcher set up three or four or five inches off the corner and you hit that mitt, you got the call. And the thing is, the hitters knew it, too. So you knew such and such umpire, you know, if, if this guy was umpiring, he usually gave you more on the outside corner. Or this guy maybe gave you more on the inside corner. Or this guy had more of a lower zone. And you got used to the umpire's certain styles of zones and stuff. Now it's just, you know, it, it's like throwing to a pinhead sometimes. And, you know, it, it, it's just crazy because these umpires are so afraid to call one that's a ball, that's a strike, at you know, out of that case. Because, as you say, they're getting scored. It's going to be like you missed 20 pitches in that game. I'll tell you another thing, and, and technology is both, as you know, technology brought you and I together. I don't think we ever would have known each other if it wasn't for social media. Now we're friends. So technology is beautiful on one hand, but when that box is up 
on every pitch and they show the ball virtually hit the spot and you can see it's low and the umpire called it a strike or you see it's it hit the corner and the umpire called it a ball it really changes the whole experience whereas in days gone by that was a big part of the game. The umpire missed a call. Maybe a, a runner was safe at second, and the umpire rung him up out. Or at first, you know. Now with all the replay and all of this, I'm a fan of technology, but I'm 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 a detractor when it comes to actually potentially destroying America's pastime. And now look where we are, Denny. And I want you to comment on this. It's one thing. They get graded after the fact. Hey, you missed 10 calls that night, and here it is. You see the pitches. Here it is. It's Here's the diagram, and you missed 10. So that you're right. That's in their head, and it changes the whole game that they're going to call. But now, as you know, in the, the highest level of minor league baseball, we did an interview with someone uh, that, that's very big in minor league baseball about a few months ago on some of this technology of moving the mound back or and and uh having robots now that will like the catcher now has this technology as you know that signals the pitcher with the pitch rather than the hand signals i don't like that either uh and i'm not I, i'm a i'm i'm conservative and i know you are but i'm progressive when it comes i don't mean that in the filthy way of politics today when it comes to embracing technology i'm not just old school. But how about this new era that I think is going to happen, Denny? Because the idea, I guess, is they want to get it right, right? So what way do you get it right? You have a computer, artificial intelligence, signal to the umpire, who's now not much more than a potted plant behind home base, a pretty face under the mask, uh, taking foul tips in the face, but waiting for George Jetson or Rosie the Robot to say strike or ball. What do you think of that one? I am definitely not a fan of that. And, and, I, and I, I couldn't agree with you more again, too, Harry, as far as, you know, I, 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 like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm, a, I'm an old school guy when it comes to a lot of things. However, I do understand that you have to, you have to kind of bend and learn to adapt with certain facets of the game. But that I will never be a fan of. No. I'm, I'm old school with that. I think you can't take the human element out of the game. You know, uh, umpires are exactly like I just said. They're human. They're going to make mistakes. However, I think it it, it hasn't affected the game whatsoever, you know, in the past, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. I think the game is beautiful. And I think, you know, you're always going to have that, like, oh, my gosh, man, I think that guy blew that call. But, you know, it's the same thing as me going out there, Harry, and giving up a game-winning home run. Do you think I wanted to do that? No. But, no, I'm going to make mistakes, and yeah. so are umpires. Yeah, I like the human element. I don't want mistakes, but the human element is a part of America's pastime. If you turn this so precisely into an IBM board meeting where there are no mistakes and there is perfection because the umpire at home plate will wait to be signaled by artificial intelligence whether to call a ball or a strike. If we get to that point, and we are in the minor leagues, as you know, it's under uh, experimentation right now. It's happening. If they bring that, and a lot of this stuff from the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball and some of the other changes that, that are happening at that level are coming into the um, uh into the major league level. And let me let me tell you one other thing that while we're this is almost like we're we're just a gripe session. This thing of starting the tenth inning with a runner on second base, Denny Nagel, I want to throw that in the Atlantic Ocean. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I know. I mean, it's 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 so crazy. I mean, on one hand, I, I get it as far as the pitching aspect. You know, it does save your bullpen a little bit. You know, so I, I understand that aspect of it as, as far as, man, at least you're not killing your bullpen sometimes because these games are, you know, the chances of these games going into 15, 16, 17 innings now are, are pretty rarefied because of the way they the, the extra the extra inning rule you know was put into place. But but I'm with you though too. I think you know I'm a little bit more old school that way, and I, I think you know it was it was a chess game to figure out. Holy crap, who am I going to have to pitch here in the 14, 15, the 16th inning and stuff? So you know it definitely takes that human element out, out of the game again. I'll tell you another thing that I'm not a fan of too. Harry is as a pitcher that loved to hit. I can't stand the DH in both leagues now. I think, I, you know, I think to me that was the greatest thing of why what separated the National League from the American League. You know, and and, and not only that, like I said, I love to swing it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, throw any numbers at you and say that I had five home runs or anything. But oh, wait a minute, I did have five home runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Hey, by the way, talking about modern technology, I love the new commercials with CC Sabathia and his son when his son says. Hey Dad, how many how many home runs did you hit? And he and CC says more than you did. I love it. And CC, by the way, this is I I looked it up because I was just curious. CC Sabathia has three career home runs. Just for the record, three. Well, just just for the record, I ended up with five with two grand slams. Oh my gosh, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing, actually. Uh, Denny Nagel is our guest this hour. In terms of. Uh, Baseball and where we are right now, uh, our beloved New York Yankees are 51 and 18 as we conduct this interview with baseball great Danny Nagel. That is historically, I believe, either the fourth or thereabouts best start in the history of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'll tell you what, they're, they're doing everything right right now. And, and it's so fun to watch the, uh, you know, the maturation of someone like Aaron Judge, who's really becoming you know, the next superstar in the face of that franchise, you know, let's, let's hope they can keep him in the pinstripes as well too. But the other guy, the other guy I'm super excited for Harry is, is Aaron Boone. Aaron's a, a great friend of mine. We were teammates with Cincinnati. I was super excited for him when he got the job. I think, you know, obviously, as you know, being the manager of the New York Yankees is probably one of the toughest jobs in baseball yep. because of the, because of the pressure and the microscope that's under you every day. So I think Aaron's done a tremendous job, and so I would love to see him finally bring back another championship to that to that club this season. Well, I could not agree with that more. I, I think about everything the the home run that he hit that took the Yankees to the World Series to getting the job when there were so many doubters. Like, what is this? What what's going on here? I, I've been a fan of his from the beginning, and I agree with you. There is a certain Joe Torre had it and was amazing. Actually, I got to interview him actually in person. It was quite an, an experience. My favorite manager of all time. I just thought that he was just perfect players manager, but um, was no pushover, obviously was a great player. So, and, and has that catcher's brilliance that we could get into why catchers seem to make great managers or something about that. I think pitchers also uh, should be able to make great managers because of the um, architecture of the, of, of the game. But um, Aaron Boone, I think has probably surprised many and I think there were some people, some boo birds that were, you know, looking for his scalp uh, in the not too distant past. And uh, they just from Cashman, who we've interviewed to uh, to Aaron Boone, to to the Steinies. I mean, they have put it together this year. I want to go back to Aaron Judge for a moment, because I think 
and I love the Yankees, and I rarely speak ill. It's, it's almost like Ronald Reagan's, uh, you know, Twelfth uh, Commandment, uh, you know, to to not speak ill of another Republican. I rarely speak ill of the Yankees, and this won't be speaking ill of them. I think they should have done more to settle this before the first pitch of this season. And I give Aaron Judge a lot of credit. He said, if this isn't resolved by the first game, we don't talk about it the entire season. It's it's over until after the season. Now, he rolled the dice. And now, as you know, two home runs last night makes 27. Uh, if I, if I, my math is correct, he's somewhere in the 53 or so RBI category and 3-0-something batting average. I mean, we're talking about he is putting together in his last best contract year because he's 30 years old as you know so this is this is his payday for him this is like when trout turned 30 and and got his uh i'm very concerned the yankees are not going to be able to keep judge the giants want him they want him bad the mets want him and a number of other teams that are going to be able to afford to pay for him i think that um the yankees may have blinked on this one and now in fairness their offer of, I think it was seven years and at whatever 31.5 or whatever it income averaged out to was a phenomenal offer, but you can't let a guy like that get away. No, you certainly can't, you know, and, and you know, the precedent has been set, like you said, obviously with Trout and uh, Bryce Harper and Machado's contracts, you know, and stuff. So obviously, you know, Judge and his, and his agents are going to be doing their job. And looking for the same type of deal in that nine to ten year range, you yeah. know, and, and and I think Harry, what teams have to realize is, is that you know when you're talking about a, a once in a lifetime generational talent like an Aaron Judge, uh, an Aaron Judge, um, you know, a lot, a lot of times you you have to realize as an organization that you might be throwing away that last year or two of that contract, but you do it because of you're paying for the first six seven years, you know, of getting that greatness out out of a player like that, you know, and, and you do run the risk. Obviously, there's risk on both sides. You know, but you do run the risk as an organization saying, well, look, when he's 39, 40 years old at the end of this contract, we might not be getting the numbers that we'd like to see for somebody that's going to be making 35, 36 million a year. But, you know, in, in, on the flip side of that, you're paying for the first six, seven years of that. And hopefully he's going to bring a couple championships home during that span. I totally agree with the logic. And and I know what they're looking at. They see from pool holes and all these other deals that the last few years, you know, are, are, don't return on the investment, but I think you, I know you're right about this. You do that deal because of what you get on the front end. Uh, and I, 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 I was very disappointed when they didn't come to a deal because I really believed that judge was going to have a great year. Got to give him a lot of credit because look, you know, he's a very big man. If he got hurt, you know, if, if it, if it didn't go well, uh, what a, what a risk he took. Look what he left on the table but now i mean it doesn't matter if he had a if he had a season ending injury uh he, he the, that contract somebody will pay him what the yankees didn't pay him a few months ago uh also about aaron judge and i'll see if you agree with this as a pitcher he gets more low strikes called on him that are outside of the strike zone i think he's so big so tall that the umpires don't understand his strike zone. Now, I say that Aaron Judge, as you know, has a phenomenal eye. I can't even relate to you, Denny, how many times I see him with a three and two count. He, if I, I haven't 
work this stat, but he probably takes more pitches than almost any player, faces more pitches, not takes, faces more pitches than any player in Major League Baseball. His eye is that good. And I see consistently, and you know the expression when the umpire takes the bat out of your hand, they call a ball a strike. And instead of, a, you know, whatever, you know, all of a sudden, instead of it being two and one, it's one and two. And the bat's out of your hand and you get swing of some garbage that the pitcher is going to throw next. And then away you go, you know, into the dugout in, until the next time. I see Judge dramatically disadvantaged on those low strikes that are not strikes. Your thoughts on that? I, I agree with you, you know, because I think, again, it goes back to this, this you know, g- generated K-zone, you know, this invisible K-zone that these umpires have gotten so used to calling in. And, and you're right. You have to throw that out when you have somebody like six foot seven, like Aaron Judge, you know, whose strike zone is going to be different. But they, 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 these umpires, I think, are so locked in to calling this. They're, off- they're calling him like he's Freddie Potak or something. I'm, <laughs> it, 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 I just wanted to throw that out just for fun and giggles. Danny, hold on. Final break. We'll be right back. Who was the player? I know Danny will know it when we come back. There was a player who used to get down in a crouch and he was he was almost impossible to throw a strike to. I can't remember uh, the name, but it's pretty recognizable when I hear it. With Danny Nagel, I am Hurley in the Morning. This is South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. This is it, your last chance to win the new $15 million prize of a lifetime from Publishers Clearinghouse. There are just days left to enter to win $15 million on June 30th, so you must enter at pch.com before it's too late. $15 $15 million, all for you. But time is running out, so enter now at pch.com. The $15 million prize of a lifetime. Don't miss your last chance to win it this June 30th. Enter now at pch.com. Entries due 628, no purchase necessary. Prize paid at least $390,000 annually, void or prohibited. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies Advisors provide you with expertise and tools with Windows 11 to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. To do more with a Latitude laptop, Dell Technologies recommends Windows 11 Pro for business. Call a Dell Technologies Advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville. A Town Square Media Station. Is your current home loan the right fit for you? Rising home values mean that you could have more home equity than you might imagine. And if you're considering a refi, an expertly chosen loan from Loan Depot could save you thousands. Ask about their smart term loans, cash out, and over 300 loan options to find just the right mortgage loan for you. Call now. 866-888-LOAN or go to LoanDepot.com. Loan Depot, where home means everything. Rates are subject to change. Equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
We are back 57 minutes past the hour, and I knew it would happen. It has just flown by. I'm so thankful we have the extra six minutes beginning at the top of the hour, right before my friend Brian Kilmeade takes over the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Airwaves. Denny, I was thinking about this during the break, and we've we've honored the Johnny Carson rule. We haven't talked about anything we're going to talk about in advance. But there is something going on with baseball in America. Uh, young people are not just – I don't know if it's all this gaming and digital stuff and kids don't go outside anymore and, and all of this. But I think this is an accurate but but regretful comment I'm about to make. American interest at the young level uh, for baseball doesn't seem like it's there like it always had been. Do you agree or disagree, Denny? No, I, I think you're right, Harry. And I think, to be honest with you, this is going to sound crazy, but I think one of the reasons, to be honest with you, is that this this travel ball stuff has gotten so crazy and so out of hand that, you know, I think some kids are getting burned out by, by baseball at, a, at an early age now, too. Because, you know, back in my day, and I'm, I'm sure your day, the same thing, Harry, you know, we, we were all the same way. You know, I played baseball, I played football, I played basketball, I played soccer, I played all the sports. And I think we've gotten so crazy carried out of hand with somebody's travel ball, even for kids that are eight, nine years old, that they're, they're playing, you know, they're playing the, through the spring, summer, fall, you know, and then sometimes even the wintertime without much of a break at all. And they get burned out. I think you're right about that. And also, too, I mean, look at what we've seen, societal evolution. I mean, Little League had to pick up with the code of, like, ethics that parents would have to sign because parents were punching out umpires and crazy, all kinds of crazy, can of crazy, was being opened up. I think you're right about that. I think it's become too much, too competitive, and it's a turnoff. I mean, when I played Little League, I did it because I loved it. I'm, I, I just absolutely loved playing uh, in our little league for four years. And uh, it, nobody had to make me play or suggest, hey, you get outside, Harry. You know, don't stay inside. We All we did was go out and play. We played until the streetlights came on. All that's gone now, Denny. Yep, absolutely. You're exactly right. And, and I think you're also right, too. You touched on the other thing as far as, you know, technology can be a great thing. Like you said, it's, it's connected us together. It's 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 allowed me to reconnect with uh, you know friends from high school that I hadn't seen in years through Facebook and other, and other avenues like that. But unfortunately, it's also hurting our kids too because they have so many options. You know, between Instagram and Facebook and video games and everything else that you know we got to try to teach these kids that you got to get outside and play still and, and, and have some fun because, like you said, I mean, you know, I, they, my mom, my mom and dad wouldn't get me home until the streets like came on as well. That was it. I mean, we didn't think about it. We loved it. And like you, we played basketball. We played all the sports. All right, I'm going to prove right now that Danny Nagel is not just a pretty face and a great left arm. On January 20th, 2021, the price of a gallon of gasoline was basically about $2 a gallon. It might have been a little bit more than $2 a gallon. We had inflation that was under 2%. We were energy independent. We were a net oil exporter. Uh, employment was the dream of 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 the the Western Hemisphere and beyond. Uh, every demographic was sharing with the prosperity, and this was even with a once in one hundred years pandemic. And now, look at where we are now: eight and a half percent and beyond inflation, five, six, seven to pick your state dollars a gallon for gasoline. 
Food is out of sight. The supply chain is broken. I believe the spirit of many Americans broken. There's a dour mood, very similar to the Jimmy Carter late 1970s, right before President Reagan. It's amazing how history repeats itself. How did we get here? Well, I think, you know, Jimmy Carter, I think, is probably jumping up and down these days, wouldn't you think? Because he's yeah. now considered the second worst president, you know, compared to Biden. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. You know, I saw uh, Monica Crowley, I think, was on, um, I think she was on Tucker Carlson. And, and, sh- and she said it, um, Harry, you know, is that, you know, there comes a point where every politician, you know, some, and even someone like Joe Biden, you know, realizes that, my gosh, you know, I, I've got to start doing some different things to to bring back some of, you know, some of our base, you know, because I'm, le- I'm, I'm even losing some of my base. But I think she said it correctly, Harry, when she said, you know, but at some point when somebody keeps up with these policies that are just absolutely destroying the, the, the you know, every single, you know, the economy and, and hurting every single U.S. citizen, you have to wonder is that this has got to be by design. Because, you know, there's no way that they think they're going to be able to, you know, not only just win in the midterms, but then win re-election in 2024 if they don't change something. So the fact that he has stayed the course and has even doubled down with some of these crazy policies and stuff, then then it has to be by design. I mean, there's no other way. There's no other if, ands, or buts about it as far as I'm concerned. That is a, uh, an exact comment that I've been making. Uh, you You can only mean to do this. Because actually, if he did nothing, think about like the day one executive orders, Keystone XL pipeline. If there wasn't all these aggressive things uh, making uh, enemies of of the, uh, the energy sector, uh, sh- shutting down the construction of the border wall, ending the, the policy that actually gave us a fighting chance to learn the difference between someone who's truly oppressed and if they went back to where they were, they would be killed or raped or or brutalized in other ways. We don't know the difference between MS-13, uh, human traffickers, drug cartels, and everything that's coming through. Denny Nagel, you are precisely correct. This has to be by design because it is by design. And you know what drove me nuts too, Harry? When, when I saw, uh, I don't know if it was last week maybe, when the Biden administration announced that they're coming out with this epic um, solution on how to, how to um, control and how to combat um, child trafficking, yeah. you know, that, that's going on at the border and stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know, just banging my head against the wall going, you do realize that you guys are the main reason why this has even happened and why it's gotten so carried out of hand, because that's one of the major issues with the border crisis. It's not just a fentanyl problem that's you know right. you know destroy destroying our country, but one of the reasons why the child trafficking and human trafficking is so bad because uh, as you just mentioned between MS13 and and, and the, the the terrorists and Taliban that, that take advantage of that situation as well too. I mean you know that's why President Trump's border security was working. Yeah. And so like you said, the fact that he came in right away and that was one of his first executive orders. I mean you're creating this issue, and so you know yeah great you're announcing this you know, initiative to start combating it. But like, did you ever realize that maybe you could have stopped it by just not even do, doing that? Exactly? Right. Don't start the problem that then you profess to have the solution for. And you're correct about this, Danny. That's at a supreme human resource level. Look at every other example. Why would we need a federal uh, gas tax holiday that will save a whopping 18 cents per gallon for 90 days if he didn't disrupt 
the energy industry, we were producing everything we needed. We didn't need Saudi oil. He's going to go beg. He says he's not, but he is. He's going to go beg uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia to open up the spigot because of what he's done to devastate our own domestic markets here. And so he's going to come up with the grand solution of the problem that he created. And, you know, another thing that drives me nuts on that on that issue, too, Harry, is that with our friends on the other side of the aisle, as I so uh, delicately like to call them, um, you know, it drives me nuts when I get in some of these debates on social media and stuff, too, when they say, you know, well, look at the price of, of gas and oil, you know, over in Europe right now. Is that Biden's fault? You know, because what's that common, you know, it's that common meme that they always, you know, send yeah. out there is that the president doesn't set the gas prices and stuff. And I'm like, you know, but he sure as heck can control a lot of things by, by his policies. Yeah, when you shut down the, the um, incentive to do what we were doing, you do directly affect it. We have to run. I can't believe it. It's flown by. But as my great friend Tony Orlando said to me, we're not fake friends, Denny. We're real friends. I love it. Bringing back a Tony Orlando quote. I love it, Eric. It's true. <laughs> and uh, it real honor to present you today, my friend. No, it's been my pleasure. I, I, I love